This is the Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Good morning, New Zealand. 10 o'clock here on SENZ. Dean Butler with you here on the Saturday session until 1 o'clock, the first show of the year, the first Saturday session of the year. Filling in for uh, Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Of course, uh, the boys will be back in due course. On the buttons today is uh, Ben Francis, Big Ben Francis. And uh, folks, 0800 150 811 is the number to call. 0800 150 811. You can, of course, text 88332. Now, Ben, we're going to start the show because there was a bit of music playing. You're now getting into your themes and, and that sort of stuff. The other day when I was in on Tuesday, um, it was Animals in the song title. Today you started with, a, let's say, a not a Red Hot Chili Peppers song, probably not one of their most well-known songs. Would you agree with that, Ben? Or you, yeah, probably. Probably. It's called uh, The Adventures of Rain Dance Maggie. Have That's I got, correct. Okay, that is correct. So, folks, we're trying to work out what the theme is for our music today, the adventures of Rain Dance Maggie. Do I have a go at this early stage, Ben, or do I wait until the second song and then? I think you give it a go now. Well, I'm think I'm thinking I'm thinking weather, rain. You're right with that second answer because of how it's been, especially up in this part of the country, and it's just been non-stop rain. The uh, ASB Classic has been hammered by rain. <laughs> Essentially, if it's got rain in the title, we're playing it. That's okay. That's a great one. I, I must admit, it's though, th- this was this was a last-minute executive decision. Yes, I did have another thing planned for today. But you you made that executive decision, said no. Well, with the amount of rain there has oh. been, I, I had to. Ben, you've made the right call. Although I think Saxy Saturday might have gone down a hit too. <laughs> Save that one. Save that one because that is good too. But there you go, folks. If you've got a song that's got rain in the title, because Ben is right. We Look, we have to laugh. It's just It's been so mental, this weather, this rain has been... I mean, we don't mind a bit of rain, but it's just been crazy. And I can tell you now, folks, if you're coming to the tennis today, SENZ here, we're about, what, 500 metres maybe, Ben, from the actual, with the tennis plays. It's going to be indoors today. I'm telling you that right now. It, it's it's inside. Uh, it was misty. It was raining when I was coming in, Benny. And, uh, yeah, so if you're going to the tennis, uh, that is going to be inside. But, wow, what a great... What a great theme. Thank you, Ben. So text those in, folks, double eight, double three. Uh, your favourite song with rain in the title, and we will play that um, during the course of the next three hours up to one o'clock. Um, of course, we do want your calls, 0800 150 811. You can text double eight, double three as well. We've got a few guests on the show today. Garth Galloway will be coming up after 11 to talk all things uh, cricket. Uh, we've also got uh, David Choate at uh, another stage coming up too. And then we've got the Northern uh, Brave 
Uh, Skipper Ben, where's my notes? I'm just trying to find him. Uh, there we go. Uh, ben, uh, hang on a minute, folks. I've just got a lot of paper here Ben has given me. Northern Brave, Graham Aldridge. Graham Aldridge. Sorry, Graham. I just couldn't find I got, I got seven bits of paper here, nine, nine bits of paper, because we've got the headlines to do as well on the Saturday session. I'm just familiarising myself, folks, uh, with how this all plays out. Uh, of course, Ben, the cricket was on overnight, uh, and let's Let's start with that. We have got some um, highlights coming up later in the show. But if you've got any thoughts on that, folks, first thing I want to ask is, did you stay up for that final session, Ben? Because I got to like 20 past 11, and I'm thinking, oh, geez. This, okay, it's going to be exciting. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's poised. It's evenly poised. But do I really want to go through to 1.30? And I thought, oh, chances are, I did my permutations. I think they were five down at that stage. You know, they need they, they could get the runs, but if they lost a wicket or two, then they're going to shut up shop. I thought, ah, it's probably going to be a draw. Now, I didn't make it through to the end, Ben, but it did end up being a draw. So, folks, I want to know, did you put yourself through that last session? Because apparently, uh, well, not apparently, because it finished with three overs to spare because of bad light with uh, Pakistan needing 15 runs and the Black Caps needing one wicket. So it sounds super, super tight, super poised. And as uh, I read somewhere, someone said, uh, it was one of the, I think it might be one of the Black Caps actually, saying, you know, we had our spinners on at the end, you know, Bracewell, Sodi, Patel, that sort of thing. You know, it's not fastballs coming in. Is bad light really play that much of a factor? So if you were, if you stayed up, folks, let me know what actually happened at the end and what you thought of it. Benny, did you put yourself through it or you went, nah, I'm done? Um, I tapped out pretty early. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough, Benny. Uh, understandable. But if you didn't tap out, please uh, let us know what did you think of that finish of that match. Also, what have you made of the uh, Black Caps performance in these two tests? I tell you what, Ben, I don't know what it is with uh, AJ's Patel and records, but... Wow, AJS Patel and Matt Henry, of course, had that amazing 100-run stand for number 10 and 11, only the fourth time in the history of cricket that's been done. And that is bad news for AJS, AJS Patel because we know what happened last time. He set a record. He, he, he was out for a year. So AJS, maybe, maybe stop setting these amazing records and uh, do yourself a favour. But what did you make of this series, folks? Uh, 0800-150-811 is the number to call as we uh, build up. As you said, Ben, we've got India next. Is that We've got some one-dayers? Yeah, so we, oh, we've got three ODIs starting on Monday right. of, against Pakistan, live coverage here on SENZ. Yes. And then they play, I think it's three ODIs and three T20s against India. In India? In India, that's correct. So that's going to be a... I guess a bit of a good build up towards with the World Cup. I think the ODI World Cup's in India. Yes. Um, and then after that, they're back here, finally back here after starting the test summer here or the cricket summer here in October. Yes. Uh, and they'll play those two tests against Brendan McCullum's Ooh, England. And that's the ones where, that's what we're looking for, isn't it, Benny? That's the, oh, that's going to be interesting, that one. Although, of course, you know, we have played them before early in the days, but this is over here in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, what did you make of it, folks? Let me know your thoughts um, on that uh, cricket as well, 0800 And keep your texts coming in for um, songs with rain in the title. Got one in here from Mike um, already. Thank you, Mike. He's gone for the Everly Brothers, Crying in the Rain. Beautiful song, Ben. Have you heard that one, Ben? Might be out of your uh, age range. 
Uh, I don't think I have come across that yeah. one, or I might have. You never know, because I might, it might already be on that list. Ah, you see how Ben likes to mess with our heads. Good on you, Ben. I love how you do that. Uh, now, Ben, of course, the last time we um, we spoke was on uh, Tuesday when I was filling in on the Tuesday show. And, of course, Ben, you're, you're Mr. Darts. You're the darts expert around here. You're, you're the guru. You're the, you're the Yoda. You're the Jedi. We, we all know that. And we were discussing things. And after much probing, and I put you on the spot, and I said, Ben, who are you going for in the final? And you cleverly said, I'm going for Michael. And I went, that's a great answer, Ben. That's a great answer. I then had to probe and push and prod a bit further. And eventually I got you to say you were doing a, a head over your heart decision and you're going for Michael Van Gerwen, MVG. And I believe you said to me, and I quote, Put your house on Van Gerwen. Is that what you? Is that or words to that effect? Is that right, Ben? Oh, I might have to take you to the to the Broadcasting Standards Authority for <laughs> completely misquoting me there. Won't be the first time, but so, along those lines, maybe. Well, okay, you said MVG with your head, but you wanted Smith with your heart, didn't you? Yeah, that, well, that's exactly that's yeah. exactly where it went. And when you went based on the mm. on how the two had been playing, Van Gerwen had been steadily consistent throughout the tournament, while Michael Smith had been getting better as it had improved. Of and course. I think I did say that it probably would have taken quite the performance from Michael Smith. I would probably go to that bracket of like an all-time performance Wow! to to beat Van Gogh and the way he had been playing and the fact that he had never got over that hump before. And I'm not going to say that's what he produced, but if you had to produce that kind of performance at that stage, yes. then th- that was exactly what you would have wanted. Oh, jeez. So, Benny, let me ask you this. With that in mind, you know, do you think you need to apologise to the public of New Zealand for, for picking MVG and maybe those punters listen to you and put their hard-earned money on? And Do you want to you know, no, pay them back think, out no, of your personal I, fortune, I don't, perhaps? I don't think I need to apologise. Okay, fair enough. No, I agree. Understandable. Understandable. Because, mm. because you know, I, I don't think I was the only one that would have felt that. Yes. that what I had seen, mm. that that was my view. I, I, Michael Van Gerwen had looked quite unplayable at, at times. He had been by far the superior player. As yeah. I said, that Smith was getting better, but based on Smith's history, I did not know if he would have had the... Well, I know he would have had the mental guide to get over that that mm. hump, but based on what I had seen, I had kind of expect Van Gerwen to kind of kick on maybe a bit more than he did. Yes. But it was the other way around. And look, in sport, we know that sometimes happens. Momentum, Benny, momentum. Look, it's been a year of great World Cup of finals. Ben, you've watched a lot of that. Is this one of the best final series you've seen? If I mean, certainly had one of the most amazing games of all time. Uh, I would say that the final had probably the best moment I've seen. Was it the best final I've ever seen? Absolutely not. Okay, okay, okay. That title still goes to Taylor and Barney in 07. That's that's the one. That's the that's the one you look at and go hasn't been topped yet. No. But definitely. what about what about this moment you're talking about? Is that the greatest moment? Probably. Yeah. I've seen I've seen guys both be. On nine darters after six starts each. Yeah. But I've never seen one guy miss it for the double 12 and the other guy come and take it out. Yeah. The closest I've ever seen, and this happened, I think, this was in the World Chat, but in 21 because it was the one where there was there was behind closed doors. True. Uh, Michael Van Gerwen was playing a guy called Dave Chisnell. And uh, Dave Chisnell was on 141. He had the six perfect darts yeah. after six. And Van Gerwen had five. 
and he threw the 6-1, and it took a bit of an unfair deflection, I want to say. When he threw it, he would have thought, that's going in, but it deflected and just hit the single 20. Oh. And he was on 181 after after six. And Dave Chisel then went and missed double 12 for the nine data. Oh, and Van Gerwen was a bit like, that should have been in. So what he goes and, the, he goes and throws a 141. And he's left on forty, but it was just kind of funny in the in that moment because he's like, you know, I should have I should have been hey. just 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 showing you that I can still take it out. <laughs> as if as if proving to others that that he could. Oh, that is incredible. But Ben, it was, you know, even for someone like myself, you know, I watch I'm probably one of the I think I'm like most people. We only tend to get into the darts for the Ali Pally at the end of the year. You know, that's when we really start to watch it and and get into it. And yeah, it was a great final. Absolutely. Uh, 0800 150 is the number to call. We can text double eight double three. We've had a couple of texts come in, Ben, for our uh, theme song, uh, given the uh, inclemency at the moment in Auckland and in New Zealand. Uh, we're looking for songs with rain in the title. We have one earlier uh, from Mikey, said the Everly Brothers crying in the rain. We've just got another one in from uh, Ken. He's gone, guys. Duran Duran, hold back the rain. Oh, a bit of Duran Duran there, Benny. That's got you going. And oh, here's what I love this song. Hi, guys. How about Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by BJ Thomas? Another great song. Benny, do you remember Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head? Oh, believe me, there are some absolute old okay. school. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, very, very. Okay. No, no, that's bound. That sounds yeah. a bit rude, but. No, that's, I hear you. You know, you, you, watch, you watch some of the clips and you think, oh, no, how much simpler life seemed back then. Yes. And, and, and especially there's the, there's the one which is, which is on the list, which is I'm Singing in the Rain. Oh. And, and, you, and you watch the clip. It's from a, a, a musical film. I can't remember. It's a musical. It's way back in the day. And, and it's quite interesting just seeing, like, the, the, the camera, and it's just the one camera. It's a beautiful going, shot. Yeah, and, and it's, just, it's just really interesting just seeing how – Simple, they made things, and yet it is so good to watch. And said you watch things today, and it's all artificial and and it's all fake, and there's so much going on. And like the one thing I find with films is I I find it incredible that they can make explosions look a lot more realistic (laughs) back then than they can do (laughs) today, you know. But I guess back then they literally just made them real. (laughs) They were using that's 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 exactly right, Benny. They were using real explosives. It's funny if you you work on a um. TV or films, I've, I've been lucky enough in my time to do a bit of that, and it always the like the, and it's quite funny. Always like the, the the firearms guy, the explosive guy. You know, he's always got a finger missing. You know, it's just part of the being one of those guys. So yeah, just uh, incredible. Um, keep your uh, texts coming in too. Double eight double three. Uh, can give us a call on 0800-150-811 Songs with rain in the title. Uh, here's one from Richard. Omen bet today, lads. Bully boy in the nuggets at Coomera. Thank you for this, Richard. I'm going to unload some winnings from my futures bet on Smith a few weeks back. Well, good for you, Richard. Absolutely. Use your use your winnings. Use your, now, Benny, do we do the, the headlines now? We do the headlines. Okay, so, folks, we're going to do the uh, headlines now, which is what we do here on the Saturday sessions. Headlines. Uh, Pakistan clung on for a thrilling draw on the final day of the second test against New Zealand to ensure the two-match series ended level at nil all. All four results were possible going into the final. Four results, Ben? Four? Oh, four. For a tie, a tie as well. Is that what you, you got your win, your loss, your draw. What's the fourth one? Did I write four? Yep. <laughs> 
I'm trying to be a male and multitask. It's a very difficult thing, Dane. All three results were possible going into the final <laughs> hour. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I can't multitask either, mate. But a flurry of wickets for the Black Caps push for the win amid increasing gloom in Karachi. They only needed one more wicket when bad lied stopped play with Pakistan 304 for nine, just 15 runs short of the target. Safaraz Ahmed was the pick of the batters with a 118, while Michael Bracewell took four for 75. Pretty good for Michael Bracewell with the ball for the Kiwis. Well done. Uh, cricket new uh, PGG rights and turf premium suppliers of turf seed and maintenance uh, products to cricket grounds across New Zealand from the tennis uh, top seed Coco Goff has advanced to the semi-finals of the AS Ben do we we don't talk about the, the headlines we just do them then we move on yeah okay I can come I can make a I can tick something and make a note to say I'll come back to that okay, where was that one there yeah let's make a note okay yeah, yeah. Uh, in the tennis, yeah, so top seed Coco Goff has advanced to the semi-finals uh, of the ASB Classic as play continued uh, at the Auckland's ASB Tennis Centre. As rain again forced play inside, it took Goff just over an hour and a quarter to secure a straight sets victory over China's Lin Zhu, winning 6-3, 6-2. Goff will now face tournament's seventh seed Danka Kovinic in the semi-final, who wrapped up an equally impressive victory in her quarter as she needed only 70 minutes for a straight sets victory of her own, defeating Slovakia's Victoria Kuzmova, 6-3, 6 got such entertaining names, I love them. Third seed Leila Fernandez was stunned by unseated Yasseline Bonaventura in another straight sets win. Uh, Belgium's Bonaventura broke serve four times in the match, which lasted 69 minutes to reach the semi-finals. She'll now face Spain's Rebecca Masarova in the second semi-final after her victory over Karolina Muchova of the Czech Republic. So I'm just making notes on the tennis as well. Benny, just so just talking, just talking points, Benny, just talking points. Uh, and uh, in rugby news, England have appointed for what the have appointed former All Black Nick Evans as attack coach on a short term deal for the 2023 Six Nations Championship. Evans, who coaches at the Premiership Club Harlequins, of course, comes into a new coaching setup after Steve Borthwick was named as Eddie Jones' successor in December. Well, Benny, there's some interesting stuff there. Do we jam on that now, Benny, or do we do a break, or what, what's the... We, we take a break, and we come back after that with more stuff on that. Thank you, Ben. Twenty-three past ten here on SENZ, the Saturday session with Dean Butler filling in for uh, Grant Elliott and uh, Daniel McCarty. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons and a little bit of "It's Raining Men." There, great song, Ben. That's sticking with our theme. The theme today, well chosen by Ben. Songs with rain in the title. If you've got any, folks, please text us in double eight double three. Got to be honest, Ben. The old the old text line's been running pretty hot here, pal. It's been. It's, it's been going good. I must admit, I, I was a bit worried yes. when I chose it. I didn't know if some people might have found it a bit too sensitive or <laughs> with, it being, with it being summer. And I, 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 I was, you know, there's actually a couple that haven't come through yet, and I've actually been really surprised. Okay, there's two two rock classics with rain in the title, which I have not seen come through yet. All right, well, I'm going to read out the ones that have just come through, Ben, because these ones have just come in from Steve. It Never Rains in Southern California. Albert Hammond, what a classic. Steve, love that song. Uh, Led Zeppelin, The Rain Song. Uh, here's a ni- oh, this is a nice one, too. Um, listen to the... That's oh, a beautiful song. Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain by the Cascades. Do you know that one, Benny? Yeah, it's a beautiful song. Uh, and back George Simon's horse, Derby... Sorry, Denby Road at Pukekohe Race 4 tomorrow. There you go. There's another tip for you folks. Denby Road, Pukekohe Race 4 tomorrow. And Ben, we've got one here too. 
Rain by Dragon. I mean, that's, that, yeah, hello, that's one of the all-time, isn't it? Uh, and David's come up with a couple of good ones. Morena Boys, two songs. Uh, the iconic Purple Rain, absolutely fantastic song. And Tina Turner's I Can't Stand the Rain, a masterly use of the synthesizer back in the day. Look, we all got hooked on the synthesizers, David. Everybody did, and they were great. If you, a great song with a synth. Oh, wonderful. Keep them coming in, folks. A double eight, a double three. If you've got a song with rain uh, in the title, you can, of course, give us a call 0800 150 After uh, 11 o'clock, we've got Garth Galloway talking all things uh, cricket. We've also got Graham Aldridge from the Northern Brave. We've got David Cho talking football, and the Ocho is coming up as well. But then, um, before the ad break, we did a couple of uh, uh, the headlines, which you do here on the Saturday session, uh, PGG Rights and Turf, key suppliers, New Zealand cricket grounds. Cricket, of course, is the kind of big one um, at the moment. Did you folks, did you stay up last night? Did you make that final session? I didn't. I mean, honestly, I got to like it was 20 past 11, something like that. And I'm not sure. They were five down. They still needed 100 and something runs. I thought, oh, oh do I? Yeah. And look, to be fair, getting past 11, that, that's good going for Dino these days. So I thought, mm, ooh, no, no, it's probably going to be a draw. Went to bed, woke up this morning, checked on the phone. Yep, it was a draw, but a very interesting draw because it was like with three overs remaining, bad light was called. They needed 15 runs. We needed one wicket. Did you see it, folks? Did you stay up? Talk me through it if you were there. 0800 150 And what do you make about this Black Caps team and these current uh, two tests so far? Which also brings me to um, another point, uh, Ben. Why why have a two-test series? Well, well we, 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 three. You have three. You make it an odd number. And then you can have, you know, a, a win. I got no idea to okay, be honest. I enough. got no idea. I guess the one question that I'm very curious to know. Oh, is, good. Yes. So there were so play was stopped with three overs to go. Correct. Black Bad Caps needed one wicket. Yep. Which I'm assuming were, were probably bowlers and, and the crease. Yep. And you also had uh, Pakistan needed 15 runs. Yes. So theoretically, there's 18 balls left in play. Black Caps needed one wicket. Pakistan needed 15 runs. What would have been the most likely outcome if? Those 18 balls were bowled. Would it have the Black Caps been able to get that one wicket in the 18 balls, or do you think the Pakistan batters would have been able to score 15 runs in those 18 balls? I think I think it was more likely we would have got a wicket because from what I've heard, I didn't see it once again. We had the wicket surrounded. Saudi had taken the new ball like about uh, a. 10 overs early. I'm not sure, folks. You need to fill me in because I didn't see it. But they had taken the new ball and that kind of started the avalanche of wickets. So we've kind of got that. That's happening. We're surrounding the wicket. We've got their 10 and 11 at the crease. I think there's more pressure on them at home not to lose rather than to win. Um, although it would have been Pakistan would have wanted to win because they just got smashed by England uh, just prior to us coming over. That's what I think would have happened. Ben, what do you think would have happened? Are you, are you along those lines as well? Or do you think Pakistan might have gone, stuff it, we're going for it? I think I probably would have just gone, let's go for it. Okay. That's what you're thinking, isn't it? Because I, I, I don't know the, the standings, but I'm assuming that the, fa- the fact the Black Caps didn't win probably, I'd say the Black Caps are probably, if, no, I know they were on the cusp, but mm. they're probably you know, right on the cusp now where they probably need to win every single test they've got left Yeah, and get a lot of results going their way to make the World Test Championship finals. So I, no, I think... Pakistan could have had that on their mind as well. 
Who knows, Benny? Who who knows? Um, uh, Benny, are we going to play the cricket highlights this hour or are we going to play them next hour? I, I'm looking at my list. Are we this hour, do you think, or what's that? I, I can't hear you. Uh, okay. Um, so hang on, Benny. So where was I? We're just doing some cricket chat. Yeah, if you've got any thoughts on the cricket, 0800-150-811. You can, of course, text double eight double three because I'm looking at the clock, Benny. I'm thinking if we play the uh, interview, the highlights and the interview with Tim Southey, then we'll come back off that. Can we do that now? Let's do it, Benny. Uh, can we do the highlights of the cricket and then the uh, post-match with Tim Southey? Here's a big appeal for LBW. Hitting high, I thought, on the back leg, maybe just outside of off stump. Umpire Wharf keeps the arm down. Big appeal from Southey. Back turned to his slip cordon, looking back at the umpire, hands high above the head, but he decides against the DRS review. Here's Sody bowling, and he hits the wicket. He has the breakthrough. He's bowled another. Imam Al-Haq is gone in brilliant form this series, but as Shodi has unlocked his defence, the ball into the timber from around the wicket, and Imam's again been undone by coming down. Henry bowls one that's short outside the off stump, hammered for four by Barber, that's a gift. Bracewell bowls and down the leg side, there's appeal for court behind, he's been given out, Barber's touched one. Not a great delivery from Bracewell, it was going down leg side. And the Pakistan captain is walking off. He's got a faint edge, and Latham's made up for it by taking a very good catch down the leg side. Baba leaves. Pakistan in trouble, 77 for four. Coming down the pitch, and he's played a lofted shot. It's gone up in the air. We're waiting to see if a fielder gets underneath it. He does. Williamson takes the catch, rolls over. A poor shot. Didn't get to the pitch of it like Imam earlier in the day and followed through with it, got underneath it. And Williamson, moving to his left from mid-off, takes a good sprawling catch. It's 80 for five. New Zealand on top. Wider outside of off stump, going back and cutting forward of point to the fence for Fora Safras. His second boundary through the offside, pouncing on the length. Pakistan will start this middle session on 125 for the loss of five. Safras Ahmed, the right-hander, will face the first ball bowled by Ishsodi after lunch. And it's a rank long hop, and he spanks it away to the backward square leg. Rope for four. Sweeps so well. That's a good shot. Racing across this uh, turf at Karachi, the National Stadium, and beating the fielder into the square leg boundary. He's hit that well. He's 51, Safaraz. He's been impressive. He really has. From 62 balls, his 22nd 50 in test cricket. And what a great return to the Pakistani team Safraz Ahmed has made. He continues with his good form. Pakistan 157 for five. Short outside of off stump, and he's a delicate late cut, just waiting for the ball. And they're in so much time. Third man up and a short third man position. And a boundary for Safraz Ahmed. And there's a few more smiles across the face of the Pakistan fans. They're starting to believe. Goes back and gets an inside edge. Playing against the spin that's gone between the legs of Latham. Old stroke has to be said. The end of the over, the end of the session. All smiles of Safraz Ahmed. So at T, we have a scenario where Pakistan could win. New Zealand could win or we could have a draw. They win at 2.25 runs and over that session. So we have a minimum of 31 overs remaining in this test match. Brace will bowl. Safaraz goes uh, through the mid-wicket area. Six runs. Now you've got your indication. Now you know what Safaraz Ahmed is going to do. The first six in the Pakistan innings comes 
Three balls into the session after tea. Safaraz, 76. Pakistan, 190 for five. Ten runs off three balls. Well, shorter this time. Edge gone. Taken at first slip by Daryl Mitchell. Shorter of length. An attempt to cut by Shaquille. And it's gone straight to Daryl Mitchell at first slip. Waits deep in the crease. Gets with the outside of off stump. Plays on the up into a gap. He's got one. He should come back for two. Here it is. Let's soak in the noise. Safraz Ahmed. The little magician with the bat this series. On his knees, thumping the ground. A brilliant knock from Safraz Ahmed. He's off over mid-wicket. Just past the field of Saudi there. It was perilously close to him and Henry hangs his head. It's gone for four. Here's a shot, goes inside out, does uh, Salman. This is a terrific shot from Salman. Patel persisting with that line outside leg, so Salman's had to step across, and then he's hit inside out, over covers for four. Sweeping fine, this might race away to the fine leg. Boundary, Sodi chases, doesn't get it. The strategy of bowling outside leg stump is not working for New Zealand. Eight runs and two balls, 260 for six. Salman's out! Let's go, say New Zealand. The ball was full. New Zealand pick up the seventh wicket. 273 for seven. And suddenly, things change again. From over the wicket, Sodi, and again. The shoot's off, big appeal for LBW. I think bat, then pad. It was a Jason. It was going to crash into the middle stump. New Zealand won't review two noises. Southie bowling to Hassan Ali. Oh, that looks very close. Finger is up, full, hitting middle and leg, surely. Hassan Ali will review. Of course he will. Has to review, but that looks D-E-A-D dead. Ball tracking. Hold your breath, New Zealand. Pitching on off. Hitting in line. Hitting halfway up leg stump. The New Zealand captain gets the breakthrough. Pakistan are eight down. 282 for the loss of eight. Still 37 runs short. And a Deathly silence starting to fall over the Karachi National Cricket Arena. Find out in time. Here's a beauty getting past the outside edge. They go up for the court behind. Sodi. They have to go for leaving than others. The way the New Zealanders are reacting and sort of just moving back to their positions. I don't think there's a whole heap of hope. From the naked eye, I can see a gap between bat and ball. Graceful from over the wicket. It's one to turn. Hit the bat. Got it. Leg slip. Would you believe it? Safraz Ahmed goes. Caught down the leg side. The drama. Sodi will bowl the next over to Abra Ahmed. He got him in the first innings. He's in from over the wickets and driving through the offside, through extra cover to the fence for four is Abra Ahmed. Save the test. I'll win the test. I don't think so. <laughs> and then he smashes one over extra cover for six. Extraordinary stroke in the context of this game. Nazim Shah. Plenty of chat out in the middle. One ball remaining in the brace will over. Might be one ball remaining in the test, Richard. It's got to be this over for New Zealand, I feel. Richard Isodi against Abra Ahmed. Continues over the wicket. Finger power for LBW hitting him outside the line of off stump. I would think Umpaita says no. New Zealand have one review remaining. You sense they're going to use it. Pitching outside out, impact outside. Can you go back on field, please? So it's not out. Three overs remaining in the day's play. 
Halim Dar's got his hands up. He's going to drag Alex Wharf to one side, away from the players. And that's it. They're shaking hands. Game over. The match is over. Bad Light stops play with three overs remaining. New Zealand one wicket away from victory. And Pakistan tantalisingly close themselves 15 shy. Only in cricket would they find a way yeah. to stop the drama at this stage. Only in the sport. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. Daniel McCarty. Man, oh man, if you stayed up and they pulled stumps there, they called bad light. I would have been furious if I'd made that decision uh, to stay up there. But some great commentary. Keep your texts coming in uh, for songs with rain in the title. Have you ever seen the rain by Credence? Of course, CCR, that's from Richard. Uh, we have one here. We've actually had a couple for uh, November rain. Uh, ben, Brent and Anthony coming. But Ben, we also had one for, uh, we thought this was a typo, September rain. But you've done your R&D, you've done your research, and there is a... September rain, believe it or not. Yeah, there is. I must admit, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see it, but uh, I've seen uh, Makoto Matsushima, Matsushita well, has a song called September Rain. Okay, so there okay. you go. Well, we'll try and find that for you folks and, and play them both. And one here from Mike from Christchurch. Hi, Dino. Good to hear you on the air and great show, guys. Rain song, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Couldn't Stand the Weather and or Texas Flood. And they are both amazing tracks here. Stevie Ray Vaughan is, of course, exceptional. Uh, we'll be back after this break with uh, more of the action. 18 minutes to 11 o'clock here on Saturday session. Dean Butler with you here today until 1 o'clock. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. And there you go, folks. Songs with rain in the title. You cannot go past one of the best songs with rain in the title. Rain by Dragon, of course. Keep them coming in, folks. What are your songs with rain um, in the title? And Ben, I believe we've got some breaking um, tennis news from the Aussie Open. Is that right? Yeah, so just uh, not too long ago, confirmed uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the current world number one, has been ruled out of the Australian Open with injury. Okay, so there you go, folks. Carlos Alcaraz is out. Although, really, let's be honest, Benny, when it comes to the Aussie Open tennis, we really, I mean, we want we want Rafa to get one more, don't we? We want Rafa Djokovic in the final. That's what we want, isn't it, folks? Is it? I, it's what I want. Okay. It's what I want. Yeah, each, each their own day. Each their own, though I've heard that Rafa is, has had to modify his action and all sorts. Because I would like Rafa to play some some person that we've never heard of before. Oh, really? In the final? Yeah, just just some, just some random, even if it's just one of the ball, ball, ball kids who gets the win. One of the, one of the ball kids. Not a, not a massive fan of Novak. No, no, is, that, is that what I'm hearing here, Benny? Is that what I'm reading between the lines? I, I, no. just, I, just, want the, I just want the sentimental story. Of course you do. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. There you go, folks. There's some new uh, breaking tennis news for you. And uh, if you're coming up, if you, as I said before earlier, uh, we're in Auckland. SENZ is literally 500 metres from uh, Stanley Street. When I came in, it was pretty grotty and it looked like more indoor action um, today. But, Benny, I've got to ask you as well, on the tennis note, um, Emma Raducanu, who is the uh, English lady who came over, she is out. Um, she complained about the courts, the... the um, Boss of the Stanley of the of the tournament said, "Look, the courts are fine," and she just twisted around and rolled it. And you know what? I think she's just had an unlucky run. I think she just said it out of you know she was just angry because she's been injured again and she's come back from injuries. And everyone else is fine, and they they don't mind. It's just a bummer. It's had to be inside. Well, it's a, it's a shame that they've had all this rain with um 
you know, considering tennis hasn't been oh, able to be played for a few years. It's a nightmare. You know, I, feel, I feel sorry for the uh, Auckland Tour Tara as well because they've had so many games. Of course. Unable to be completed or even start because of the rain. You know they meant to meant to have a game last night and that was washed out pretty early. And I think they're pretty hopeful of getting a two double header, a double header in today and one in tomorrow. But you know with the way it's been, you'd, you'd think then you'd be pushing it. Well, all right, Benny. Let me ask you a question: Do you think sports should go ahead? In these conditions, like rain and the tennis. Oh, when we were growing up, when we were kids, we play out in the rain, play tennis in the rain. I would, I would we just didn't like, care I, I on an asphalt would, court. Who cares? I personally would love to see cricket played in the rain. Yeah. So, why? What's the big deal? Well, doesn't it just go back to the history and the roots of the sport? You know, because it's like the the gentleman's game, and that's why you stop and have your tea breaks and you stop for lunch. Oh, it's not a gentleman's game. No, 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 that stopped a long time ago. I think with cricket, the rain is, especially with like fast bowlers, because they could seriously injure themselves, I suppose, uh, coming in. Um, well, they could seriously injure themselves on a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, that's right. Because you know what? Uh, was... yeah, that's a good bend because you have to adapt to the conditions, don't you? It's like you're playing rugby or football or anything. That, that's played in rain, isn't it? Mm-hmm, exactly. So why is it okay for some a baseball? Why not play it? You play it in the rain, can't you? So you go, folks, do you think sports should be played in the rain and or conditions which might not be perfect? And on another completely unrelated note, Ben, um, Emma Raducanu, every time I see her, I, I, I always think of Ray from Star Wars. Every time I see her, I go, it's the Star Wars lady. But it's not the Star Wars lady. It's Emma Raducanu. Boy, oh boy. Uh, okay, 0800 is the number. Call, you can, of course, text double eight double three. We'll take a quick break. Back after that. Eight minutes to 11 here on SCNZ, the Saturday session. Dean Butler with you here until one o'clock. Uh, producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. Coming up after 11, we've got Garth Galloway uh, talking all things cricket. If you've got any questions you'd like me to ask uh, Garth, please text them in double eight, double three, double eight, double three. And of course, songs with rain in the title is our other uh, text topic. That one is, I've heard that song, Ben, when you started playing it. I thought, I know it, but I didn't know the band or the name. The band is Blind Melon. And the song is called No Rain. Yes, correct. I have heard that song uh, very big back in the day. Keep those ones coming in, folks. Uh, songs with rain um, in the title. Summer Rain by Johnny Rivers. There's another one for you that a texter um, has sent in too. Thank you for that. And time now, Ben, for uh, the Ocho. Now, the Ocho is quirky and bizarre sporting events. Let's do it. Um, US golfer Scott Stallings was handed a shock after discovering his master's invitation had been sent to another person of the same name. The 37-year-old tweeted he'd been checking the mailbox five times a day for his invite before receiving a direct message from another. Scott Stallings, the three-time winner, posted the message from his namesake, which included, I'm 100% sure this is not for me. I play, but wow, nowhere near your level. The message was, hi, Scott. My name is Scott Stallings as well, and I'm from Georgia. My wife's name is Jennifer too. I received a FedEx today from the Masters, inviting me to play in the Masters in 2023. It's a nice package, complete with everything needed to attend. I think we have some confusion because of our names, our wife's names, and our geographical location. He then attached the picture of the invitation adding I'm really not kidding I promise how hilarious is that what are the odds been very very low I would suggest and a great one from Domino's Pizza uh, in the UK this is classic they've poked fun at Darwin Nunes the Liverpool striker after he, he had yet another night to forget in his side's uh, defeat to Brentford Nunes started up front as he does wasted a number of chances uh, his most glaring miss when he rounded the keeper but then struck the shot straight at Ben Mee who blocked the ball on the line after spurning that opportunity Domino's took to Twitter uh, to mock him uh, 
as they posted an image of Nunes with the caption, sorry if we missed any orders tonight. We've just had this guy start. <laughs> I love that. I think that's hilarious. And from darts, here's one for you, Benny. And Michael Smith has become a household name after winning the World's Darts Championship, highlighted by his insane nine data in the final. Known as the Bully Boy, Smith has pocketed just under one million New Zealand dollars for winning his first title, but it's what he plans to do with the money that has made the headlines. He's going to live up to his famous darts moniker by buying a bull for his farmyard, which already consists of geese, chickens, swans, ducks, turkeys, and dogs. He says it will be called Ferdinand from the film. It's a cartoon. He says it's a cartoon me and the kids like, and it turns out he got the nickname because he spent his teens working as a cattle farmhand and tiptoeing through cow's muck. How good, Ben? How good does how as a darts fan, how good does that make you feel? Oh, it's some of the things that people want to buy with their money, eh? <laughs> buy a ball. Yeah, that's so. That's so, but what a great story though. He's yeah, he he started off like as a farmhand, all the cow now he's doing this, he's paying it back to his kids, he's getting Ferdinand the ball. Oh, that is absolutely but that's I like at the Ocho Benny. Do you know the, the cool the cool thing with uh Michael Smith, he's a massive St. Helens fan. Oh, is he? Love, loves his rugby league. Like if you want to, if you ever talk to him, yes, talk to him about league, and he he could talk for days about it. Really? After the thing, because I think the St Helens they they won the Super League. I think they've got the Challenge Cup. Yes, and they got the women's title as well. So in the day after he got, he went down to the stadium and they po- he post posed with a photo with everyone with all the different trophies from St Helens. Oh wow, that's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. Okay, so there you go, Michael Smith. What a top. Top man. Almost time for us to wrap it up in this hour, Ben. Uh, do keep your texts coming in, though, for songs with rain uh, in the title, double eight, double three. Or any questions for Garth Galloway, who we'll be um, uh, having an interview with after 11, double eight, double three for those ones, too. Eleven o'clock here on the SENZ. Dean Butler with you, uh, filling in on the Saturday session for Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. Yes, of course. If you're going to run uh, a theme with rain in the title, Purple Rain's going to come up at some stage. And there it is, folks. Uh, purple Rain by his purpleness, uh, Prince. Here on a Saturday, uh, we will be talking with Garth Galloway soon about the cricket uh, last night and the overall series, plus anything cricket related. If you've got any questions. Uh, for Garth, do text them in. Ron's just texted one in. Double eight, double three, double eight, double three. I'll uh, ask Garth those ones after we um, when we chat with him. But right now, it's time for uh, headlines. Ben, you've given me a couple here, mate. Uh, veteran Brazilian surfer uh, Marcio Freira died on Thursday while practicing toe in surfing on the giant waves uh, on the central coast of Portugal. Uh, local maritime authorities said support staff on jet skis managed to get the 47-year-old to the beach, but all attempts to revive him failed. Uh, Freire was one of three Brazilian surfers who became known as the Mad Dogs after conquering the giant wave jaws in Hawaii. They featured in the 2016 documentary Mad Dogs. Have yeah. you seen the big waves in Nazare where the unfortunate incident occurred? No, I've only seen stuff on the news. Are, are they like mentally big, Benny? Are they insane? Have a look in the next break. You'll be you'll be blown away. Like the biggest okay. biggest waves in the world, and you need to be incredibly daring to to ride those waves. Wow. Just I think even just seeing them in person, I think you'd just be absolutely mortified. Far out, man. Look, you know, it's never good days past, but obviously doing what he loved doing.
One more can you ask for? Uh, the NFL game. Well, this is the big story too, Ben, between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills will not be resumed after having been suspended after DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. The Bills' safety suffered cardiac arrest during the game in Ohio. Um, although the 24-year-old remains hospital, doctors said that he has shown remarkable uh, improvement and has even FaceTimed his teammates. Of course, he has. The outcome of the game would have affected the playoff seedings, so the NFL is considering staging the AFC Championship game at a neutral uh, venue. And uh, finally, in the headlines, as I have sad news, uh, Gianluca Viali, the former Italy striker and Chelsea striker, who helped Sampdoria and Juventus win CDR and European trophies before becoming player manager at Chelsea, has died too. He was just 58. The Italian Football Federation confirmed Viali's death late on Friday. Uh, he announced in 2018 that he had overcome a year-long battle with pancreatic cancer. Uh, it said then December 21, the disease had returned. With his condition worsening, Viali announced in mid-December that he was temporarily stepping down from his role as the delegation chief for Italy's national team. Uh, that is that is sad news indeed. Uh, he was a great player and a great manager for uh, for us. I'll, uh, I'll be talking to David Choate this hour too, and I'll mention that to, um, <clears throat> to Choate. Uh, so keep your texts coming in, songs with rain in the title. And, of course, if you've got any questions uh, for, for me to ask Garth Galloway, anything cricket-related, the current series, the upcoming series, whatever it is, the middle lord of the captaincy, get on the text line now, double eight to double three. That is, of course, the temper bedpost text machine. Temper and bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. And on demand on the SCNZ app. You're listening to The Saturday Session with Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Nine past 11 here on the Saturday session. Dean Butler with you here today. Philly and for Grant Elliott and Daniel McCarty. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the button. There you go. CCR, have you ever seen the rain? Keep them coming in, folks. Songs with rain in the title we're embracing. We're celebrating the current uh, inclemency and, and, and wetness that has enveloped the country. Keep them coming in. And, of course, if you've got any questions for Garth Galloway, who I'm going to be interviewing very, very shortly, do text those in to double eight double three double eight double three. Anything cricket? related, anything to the test. We've just seen anything about the upcoming series. In fact, we've actually got him on the line right now. Garth, good morning, mate, and welcome to the show, pal. Garth, we got you. You there, pal? Yes, indeed. Nice one. Nice to have you with us on Saturday morning, Garth. Um, hey, look, mate, let's, I've asked listeners to come in with a text, so I'll just go straight in with one from Ron. He says, hi, guys, can you please ask Garth, does the batting team still get the choice of batting if it's dark, or do the umpires make the decision, as I thought the Pakistanis were in the best position? Patel's bowling was awful, as was our ground fielding. Can't understand why either team would want to go off. That's from Ron. What do you think, Garth? Good question, Ron. Umpires make the decision, and that's that's a change that's been made. Uh, so in the past, whereas it would have been handed to the two captains, it's, it's a decision for the umpires, and they have very little latitude. I mean, effectively, you know, it's, it's a question of degree. They've got a machine that tells them what the light reads, wow. and if it's outside the parameters, then the game is off. 
Wow. I mean, look, full disclosure here, mate. I said it all morning. I got to 20 past 11 last night. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, geez, do I do I go to the last session? It's going to get to half one in the morning. I, you know, It's probably going to be a draw. So I, I pulled the pin. I went to bed. I do kind of wish I stayed up now because when it got to that last closing period, what was the, what was the feeling? Were the players happy, sad, angry? What was your gauge of it? Um, they were happy, and I'm suffering having stayed up for it, so I think you've done well. <laughs> Thank you, um, God. You sound, you sound much fresher than me. Um, <laughs> look, look, I think, that, I mean, obviously the players were disappointed. I, mm. You know, it, it, it was thrilling, and, and in a way it felt like the right outcome for me, a okay. draw. Okay. Uh, you know, both sides at, at least entered into the spirit of things and had a go, and I thought Safaraz's uh, innings was magnificent, yes. the Pakistani wicketkeeper. I, I, I think the question for me, though, Dean, that arises out of it is that you know, New Zealand wasted five overs yesterday with slow over rates. Time, time in Pakistan is precious. Mm. Every over is precious. Mm. It, things happen slowly over there. So, again, when we look back about the things that have happened, those five overs were precious. And had they kept their, uh, their, their bowling rate up with the required rate, they, they wouldn't have been in the position they got themselves into last night. Everybody knows, mm. every day, that the game is called off early because of bad light. That happens every day in Pakistan. So if you go wow. beyond the, the scheduled time, you know almost exactly what time the game is going to be called off because as night follows day, darkness comes in. So New Zealand were always aware that that could happen. And we talked about it as commentators saying, look, sooner or later the game's going to be called off because this is what happens every day in Pakistan. So you, you, I hear what you're saying, guys. It's quite predictable. So do you think, should New Zealand, should we have won the series? Absolutely, mm. and uh, we certainly should have. And 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 I'm afraid in the first test uh, we lost our way completely when Williamson got close to 200, and they wasted nine overs, absolutely squandered nine overs, scoring 12 runs in the interest of Williamson scoring 200. And when we were on air at the time, we said they can't be doing this. This just simply cannot be happening. You know, wow. surely they're not putting the individual interests of a player ahead of the team situation. And I saw Tim Southey's comments after the test as being, you know, some concession that if they'd got on with things, well, it would have been interesting. Again, my view is that that cost them the test match. So uh, my feeling is they should have won both both matches. Wow. And they simply weren't clinical enough. And do you put that down to the fact that as Tim Southey is new to the role, he's just finding his feet, or is it is it is it more than that? Is it coaching as well? Where, where do you see not apportioning blame, but where would you ask those questions? Well, I think you have to look at coaching now. Uh, new Zealand's had a, a dreadful year in Test cricket in twenty twenty two, definitely. Uh, and again, you know, I I just hear. Um, coming out of the camp, kind of, uh, I guess, not the sort of comments I want to hear when, when I, you know, I want to hear issues of, we should have done those things better. Mm. Um, looking back on that, yeah, we got that wrong. You know, I, I just see um, a side that has had a very bad year and, and kind of continues to comfort itself that um, everything they're doing is okay, and I don't think it is. Uh, so I think Saudi's the right person to be captain. Mm. Uh, I, 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 you know, but I was really disappointed and said on air at the time when they uh, just squandered those overs in the first test. But, you know, this is just not what I thought would be happening. I thought he would bring a more aggressive um, and, and insightful approach to the captaincy, and I don't think we've really seen it in the series. Wow, that's good points, Garth. Yeah, I mean, maybe it takes something like this to realise that, you know, I, I, I make the calls now, I call the shots, and I, I, I bear the weight of whatever those... Uh, calls are, which we, you know, sometimes this may be a great learning um, 
lesson for him and the rest of the team. And let me ask you uh, about this current team then, Garth, because it has been, you know, the spotlight has been has been shown. Let me ask you, who do you think has um, advanced their case to be in the site? Who do you think has not progressed their chance to be in the site? Uh, well, I think, uh, I mean, Saudi's always going to be in the side. I mm. thought his bowling was excellent. I, you know, I, I do think he led by example with, with the ball. He was he was just magnificent. Um, I thought, you know, uh, again, the batting of Blundell and his wicket-keeping yes. uh, has secured his place. I don't think that was in doubt, but 47, 51 and 74, uh, excellent scores. And I think he improved his keeping in the subcontinent a lot. Uh, the real issue, I suppose, is around, well, Nichols, I think, has probably done his dash. He's averaged 17 in the series and yeah. 28 over the last 18 months. Um, I think it's time that Phillips was brought into the squad. Right. I think he's really the only option if you're going to open with Conway and Latham. That means there's no place for Young. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think in the series against England and Sri Lanka, you'll probably see Phillips coming in. Uh, in terms of bowling, there's a real issue Mm. Uh, you know, the New Zealand bowlers bowling, opening the attack in the first test, uh, Wagner at 125 k's an hour, Saudi at 130, just simply not quick enough mm. for international cricket. I think uh, Wagner has probably, at 37, he's losing pace, and New Zealand have to look for other options, I think, and they've got to start to take risks with some of their selections. So Wagner, for me, didn't enhance his chances anymore. Mm. The, the real issue, I think, is around spin bowling. Patel went backwards. Yeah. Uh, he was too expensive in the series. He struggled for control, uh, and I thought his bowling was disappointing. Sodi, uh, you know, again, the leading wicket-taker taking 13 wickets in the series. I don't think he'll play a home test. His accuracy, he's just not able to bowl six good balls in a row. And I suppose the player who's really advanced uh, has uh, caused the most is Bracewell. Mm. Um, you know, a very good 70 not out in the second innings in Karachi in the second test. And I think we've seen enough with his bowling uh, to think that uh, he, he's probably got the most control of the three of them. He is able to turn the ball, and I think he's well worth persisting with. So but, but those are the sort of thoughts that, that I have following the series. Mm. Uh, you know, Latham was superb with the bat yes. again. I think Williamson, the other talking point for me as well, you know, at a time when they needed him to really advance the scoring rate in that uh, second innings in the second test, he just seemed reluctant to do so. So Tom Latham took on that, that role, mm. and Latham's strike rate was 60, Williamson's 41. And I just wow. feel they need more out of Williamson, not from a run-scoring point of view, because he scored plenty of runs, and he is a wonderful player. Absolutely. But I think they need him to do more in terms of controlling the outcome of games. That's very interesting, Garth. You mentioned um, bowlers. We may need to you know, upgrade in speed. Who are you thinking of then? You're looking at Lockie Ferguson, Cole Jamison. Is that who you've got in oh, mind? That's the problem. And, and so one of the issues we've talked about is succession. Uh, Milne was supposed to go over of and course. join the one-day one side. He's got another injury, or he's not re he's not ready to come back from injury. Ferguson hasn't played, you know, um, long-level cricket for a long time. Mm. He's very much been as a white ball specialist. Yes. Jameson is uh, set to head over to the IPL at some stage, but was not available for this tour. Gosh. He, he, it strikes me that in New Zealand, he will be a key part of the attack. And they desperately need Trent Bolt. You know that he's he's currently playing BBL um, for the Melbourne Stars in Australia. Oh. You know he's he's a player who, having been taken out of that environment, 
uh, through his own personal desires. And fair enough, too, he's been a wonderful servant for New Zealand Absolutely. But they miss Trent Bolt so much. They really do. Is there, is there, like, if Trent changed his mind, is there a way back him for him? Oh, yeah, absolutely, of course. They'd, they'd, um, uh, you know, they'd walk over broken glass to have Bolt back in the side. Okay. And he may well play. You know, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see what he wants to do in terms of his test playing career in the future. I think he has said it's not over, but he would like to consider things series by series. But they desperately need him back in there. They've introduced a young player called Henry Shipley into the Pakistan uh, series in the one-day games. It'll be interesting to see how he bowls. Mm. Uh, but they, they they really do need to start, unfortunately, looking for some uh, some fresh blood in the bowling attack. And I think what that means is that New Zealand fans are going to have to get used to, and, and certainly 2022 has been an insight, uh, they're going to have to get used to less success as the team rebuilds. But, uh, you know, the sooner the team starts to rebuild and, and bring in some fresh players, particularly in the bowling, and at that number four spot with Nichols being removed, uh, the better. Yeah, that's very interesting. Hey, got a, got a question in here on the text line, uh, Garth. This one's for Garth. Garth, the test team for the next test at home. So I'm guessing that's against uh, England. Do you What change? Yeah. I'm, I suppose you've made the changes already. You'd go with Glenn Phillips in there and, and uh, some other bowling changes. You've got. To, I think you've got to have Phillips. Uh, you know, at number four, he's unproven. He's played one test. Uh, he got 52 against Australia in that test in a duck. Mm. But I think he's a sufficiently compelling uh, cricketer that he should be given a place. So that's one change that I would consider. Mitchell and Blundell fill out the rest of the middle order. Bracewell, I think, will have to play. Uh, Sodi. I just cannot see a place for him. Mm. So you're going to have an attack which I think is going to be framed around. Uh, Southey and Henry, uh, and uh, you know whether or not Bolt is available for any of these matches remains to be seen. Uh, Jameson, yes. I think, will you know he, he will be a key part of it, and then there is space for one other. Maybe they need to get a little bit, a little bit more out of Daryl Mitchell with the ball. You know, De Grandton played a, a very important role uh, for New Zealand when he was bowling, and mm. I, I've seen enough from Mitchell to think that he's you know he's, he, he bowls wicket to wicket, he moves the ball around a little bit. He's quite demanding. But I think, you know, the key areas for me are going to be that number four position and and, and what they do with a spin bowler. Uh, if indeed they pick one, I think they have to. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Darren Mush. I saw him when I was watching last night. They did bring him on like his first or second ball got knocked for a four. But after that, boy, he he he's a good bowler. Well, he's, he's, he's not quick enough. He's a good bowler in those conditions, Dean. Mm. And he was able to reverse the ball, which, which, which adds a lot. And, and, and that's not something that New Zealand did well in Pakistan. So the Pakistan bowlers are able to get reverse swing. Uh, I, I didn't see enough of that from the New Zealand bowlers to be convinced that that is a skill that they have in their armory. Mm. Uh, I think that uh, Mitchell is one player who was able to get a little bit. And in those conditions, I thought he was very useful. Um, so, you know, I do think we need more. That The England series is going to be absolutely fascinating because yeah. they will come out here and yeah. if the spinners bowl a bad ball or, or, you know, how bowlers are bowling a bad ball each over, yeah. they will be dispatched. And it's going to be a tough series for New Zealand. It sure is. Hey, also, you, you mentioned Matt Henry there. He's obviously handier than we think with the bat. Do, would you push him up the order? Uh, well, I think that in, in terms of the batting order, I think the person that would that I put down is Salvi. You know, yes. He's been occupying that number nine spot for Agreed. a long time. And I think he's flattered to receive in that position, yep. really. So 
I would have, um, you know, your number 11 is going to be one of the bowlers. I think I'd have Salvi at 10, mm. and I would certainly be wanting to get the likes of Wagner ahead of Salvi. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and Bracewell obviously batting at 7. But, yeah, I do think Henry's he's pretty useful with the bat. Yeah. He showed enough in that inning, so, you know, he batted extremely well. Yeah, look, the, the thing with Tim Saudi, I personally think Saudi should be at 11 because he's got no respect for his wicket or the batsman at the other end. And one white ball cricket, sure, bet him where you want. But in cricket, I'd put him at 11. Um, but, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And, Garth, a, a question here, too. What was with the crowds in Pakistan? Why was there no crowds of any description? Well, it's quite incredible, isn't it? Uh, you know, they had uh, something like 500 people in yeah. the ground, all of them doing ad- advertisements for tea and censored on TV. It was insane. Uh, it yeah. was insane. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and a city of 15 million with a free entry and no one able to, to come along. But it's not surprising because then if you look at the game of test cricket, uh, you know, you have a side like England who is showing everybody. They planned that tour to Pakistan mm. and they beat them 3-0, the first ever whitewash of a Pakistan side at home. So by that yeah. I mean winning all tests in a minimum of three test series. Mm. They planned it, uh, you know, they... they Stokes has talked about the obligation uh, to the fans in terms of playing mm. uh, good, aggressive test cricket. You go to Pakistan, you play on a pitch that is low and slow. They talked about the second test pitch on the same ground being spicy. Uh, that was rubbish. It wasn't. You know, the pitches offer absolutely nothing in terms of in terms of a good contest between bat and ball. And, 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 and indeed, you have a Pakistan side who are playing with uh, a lack of confidence. So Saad Shaquille, uh, his century in this match, took a huge amount of time. He was just able to go out there and not look to control the game. So players, I'm, I'm afraid, uh, have to do more in that regard if you if you expect people to go and spend a day watching it. Uh, you know, having watched all 10 days, uh, you know, at times it wasn't easy. And Garth, we just finished on a couple of questions here, mate, from the text machine. If in that first test, Saudi had declared with Williams short of his 200, a lot of cricketers would have been uh, probably lambasted him for that. Basically, he's saying a no-win situation. Do you agree with that, or what do you think? No, I don't. No, I don't agree. I think a lot of cricketers would have understood that. Um, you know, we in the commentary box. I, I, I was on here at the time, and I, I said, as I mentioned earlier. I simply, I cannot believe that they are going to put in individuals and all of the people, Coney, uh, Petrie and McCarty said they won't do that, but mm. they did. So, you know, I think cricketers understand that you don't. The difficulty, I think, if, if we look at the nuances of it, um, the difficulty was that Saudi's taken over from Williamson as captain. Yeah. I don't believe for a moment that Kane Williamson would have insisted on, on, on being allowed to get to 200. He's a team player. Gotcha. Uh, and, and he's been a great player for New Zealand. So my view is um, those sorts of things just have to be put to one side. And the question, I think the issue I would say to the listener, and thank you for the text, is mm. you know, if, if, uh, if Ben Stokes uh, was captaining England in the same position and Joe Root was on 175 or whatever, yeah. I don't think for a moment that Stokes would have put um, Root's, uh, Root's double century ahead of the team's interests. And I think that's a good comparison because Root... And Williamson were uh, deposed captains or captains who decided to retire. And uh, Stokes and Salvi have come in and taken over from them. And we're talking about exactly the two preeminent batters who could have been in that situation. So 
I just think England would have handled it very differently. And one final one from Steve. For Garth, uh, you claim that we should declare earlier than we did. He, he's going from a batting perspective. If Tim had followed your advice, we would have lost because we wouldn't have had enough runs. How do you feel about that? Uh, so, so which test is he talking this about? This one, the second uh, one. This one. No, 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 no. I, I, oh, well, no, I oh, no, no, sorry. I mean, the. Uh, it doesn't say actually, yeah. Declared. Yeah. Well, well, no, I, I don't agree with that. I think, um, you know, we, if you, you declare earlier by advancing the game earlier, so you, you know, you bowl all of your overs within the prescribed time, mm. uh, you know, you, you set your declaration around that. And so I don't, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, again, don't forget that in that second test, what we've just seen, we had Pakistan 80 for five. That's right. You know, um, and were unable to. To, to finish off the game, and that should be a, a matter of some concern. New Zealand were completely on top and then went through a session without taking a wicket. Uh, and again, that for me comes back to the bowling and partnerships, and one of the text, that, text callers last night identified that, and I thought it was an excellent point. Mm. The spinners were not able to bowl six good deliveries in a row, yeah. which meant that Pakistan had to take the game to New Zealand. Pakistan were able just to chip runs off. So it, yeah. it, sometimes it's not just as simple. There are a lot of factors that go into it. And I think that, uh, you know, Saudi was magnificent with the ball. He needed more support from the spin bowlers. Hey, Garth, thank you so much for your time this morning, mate. You go we'll go have a nap this afternoon in front of the telly, all right? You make absolutely no mistake that I'll be doing that and I'll be listening in. And, th- and I do want to thank all of your listeners who send in those texts and ask those wonderful questions. You know, we all have opinions on it. No one has to agree with each other. It's... Um, but it's great to be having the conversations, Dean. Totally agree with you, Garth. Totally agree with you. Thank you so much for that today, mate. Much appreciated. There you go, folks. Garth Galloway. And I love it. That's exactly what Garth says. 100% right. We don't always have to agree. You may have a different opinion. I may have a different opinion. We can still discuss it, talk about it, and come to our you know conclusions after the bat. So there you go, Garth. What we like about Garth, he didn't shy away from any of those questions. Well done, mate. And well done indeed. It is 11.28. We're going to take a quick break. 27 to 12 here on the Saturday session. Dean Butler here with you today until 1 o'clock. Uh, Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. We're looking for songs with rain in the title. That's the theme Ben chose, and it's a great theme. Now, we all know November Rain is a hugely popular song. We had a text in before for September Rain. Me and Ben both thought, it's a typo. <laughs> they meant to say November Rain. Ben, being the, the diligent young man, he has did some research. There is a September Rain. This is September Rain, and it's by M- Mashoti Heater. Ben, something like that. But this is September Rain. So there you go. Keep coming in, folks. Double eight, double three songs with rain in the title. Anyway, it is uh, 26 to 12. Now it's time to talk some football uh, with our football um, expert. It's David Choate on the line. Choate, how are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. Enjoying the rain. Yeah, mate, we all are, pal. It's just insane. We're a bit, like, you know, SENZ up here. We're about 500 metres from the ASB tennis. And yeah, nah, that's going to be indoors again today, pal. Yeah, I, I can tell you that right now. Uh, <clears throat> uh, anyway, Chody, let's get to the football, mate. You're a Chelsea man. I'm a Chelsea man. Let's start with Man City versus Chelsea the other day. Personally, Chody, I thought we actually played pretty well. Um, and uh, apart from our keeper doing whatever he was doing, it wasn't a bad game for us. Your, your thoughts? Yeah. Slightly depressing for Chelsea fans because I thought we did okay as well, but we've come out the wrong side yeah. of the result, yeah. sort of, sort of again, and that's almost the story of the Chelsea season. What do yeah. we do? Sit middle of the table. Yeah, um, we're looking, we're looking at up, up at all the big sides. So yep. um, let's call it a year of transition. And I'm, I'm with you. I thought Kepa, the keeper, mm. blew the goal, but um, 
Man City fans will be wrapped because it keeps them in touch with Arsenal, and I suppose that keeps the uh, Premier League fight for the title alive and kicking. Yeah, I, I suppose. Look, the, the one good news for us, Jody, is that we ridiculously play Man City again in the FA Cup. Third, is that tomorrow or Monday? Or it's coming yeah, up, isn't we've it? Got, yeah, we've got we've got the cup game coming up against. City, and I don't know that I feel good about that. It isn't till Sunday. It's Monday our time, so ah, okay. we've got a day or two to wait for it. Um, Man City at Man City are probably a different kettle of fish yeah. than they were away from home. Although, in saying that, if we compete like we did, maybe we can keep it tight, but you'd be a, an optimistic man to suggest we'll go to Man City and win. Um, but uh, funnier things have happened in sport, but I'm going there thinking that Man City will progress. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking the same thing too, um, Jody. So, yeah, well, let's look at the other teams in the Premier League. I suppose another team also who are in transition, Liverpool. What is going on there, Jody? Yeah, well, they'd probably be a bit more shocked than us with their start to the new year since the return of the Premier League. Yeah. Their last result was, was, was a real surprise. I watched the game and... Uh, it wasn't really against the run of play. I thought it was a reasonable result. Uh, Brentford were good. Uh, they go and play Wolves in the Cup. Mm. And I think Liverpool, a bit like Chelsea, a Cup run would sort of make their season because it doesn't look like it's going to be a year where Liverpool are going to be picking up silverware in terms of the Premier League. So <laughs> it's a big match for, for yeah. Liverpool. Massive match. That's exactly what I was thinking, Chad. There's no, the only way for silverware for us is, is a Cup run. We're out of the League Cup. That leaves the FA Cup. Now we've got to play City. Champions League, I can't see us going any further than that. So... Oh, yeah, you're right, Chody. It's going to be a long season, my friend. You're right. Um, but on a more um, a positive note, Chody, what are some of the other uh, teams? Which is, I mean, Arsenal, are you like, I can't believe this Arsenal side at the moment. I keep thinking this is, it reminds me of Leicester when they won the title. You always thought they're going to get knocked off. They're going to fall over. Someone's going to catch them. I'm not sure. Maybe is this Arsenal side got that same feeling to you? Yeah, well, I think Arsenal are the real deal. Mm. Um, I I regretted teeth being obviously the wrong side of London to support Arsenal but, but they do appear to be a side that uh, have uh, sort of stood up to most tests. That last result against Newcastle was their first sign of frailty but in saying that Newcastle are a top four side as we sit here yeah. at the moment Yeah. Um, so, so you can't really say much about that so you know Arsenal the real deal they go on Monday as well against Oxford from League One so they've got a, almost a free pass although it's away from home but it would be a huge upset in the, in the FA Cup to see them not progress. But I think Arsenal uh, can go all the way. Man City, five points behind. Um, you'd never rule them out. Never. And remember, the other thing that's a bit false in my mind at the moment is we're not even halfway through the league. The FA, uh, the True. World Cup True. interrupted the Premier League. Usually at this time, you're sort of saying at the halfway point, but we're not yet at the halfway point in the Premier League. So plenty of time for sides to get up there, but it looks to me like it's Arsenal or, or, or indeed Man City for the Premier League. Uh, and in terms of FA Cup runs, mm. Arsenal are good for another round. They'll get out of this third round, I'm sure, against an Oxford side from League One. Well, we had some bad news just before I saw it on the news. Manchester United beat Everton 3-1, so they're through to the next round. Yep. <laughs> so, so in that all-Premier League clash, uh, it is Man United, who are actually on a bit of a resurgence. They are, they are. There's a few other uh, Premier League clashes, all Premier League. Crystal Palace versus Southampton. Oh. Again, two sides that cup football is probably their best chance of any sort of joy this season. Mm. Brentford versus West Ham. 
and that's a real tough one. Uh, London Derby and Brentford would be favoured against West Ham. Yes. Uh, this season, based on form. And as we've already talked about, Liverpool and Wolves and Man City, Chelsea round out the 10 Premier League sides that clash in the FA Cup. So five will be gone after this weekend. So good news for the for the outsiders, if you like, five Premier League sides will dip out of uh, the next round of FA Cup football. Yeah, man, it's going to be crazy. All right, hey, let's go locally for a while, uh, Jody. The Phoenix, of course, play today uh, up against uh, Sydney FC. What is your? I mean, normally in the past, we I know I would go Sydney. We're going to lose, but at the moment, Sydney look a bit creaky as well. Yeah, two sides that are sort of bubbling around seventh and ninth on the table, just a couple of points separating them. Nothing much in terms of goal difference, so they look pretty similar sides. Ufa um, Tele has never beaten Sydney. The only really? side in the A, yeah, Ooh. the only side in the A League that he hasn't had a victory over while coaching the Wellington Phoenix. So there's a bit of a hoodoo going on there. Ooh. He looked at, he looked to bounce that off. And given that he was formerly an assistant at Sydney, he'd like nothing better than a result. This represents a pretty good opportunity for them away from home tonight. I think 7pm New Zealand time. Maybe a chance for the Knicks to get one over Sydney. As I said, two sides that sit close to each other on the table, just outside the top six, both of them. You can throw a blanket over the sort of the field at the moment. Yeah. It's, nothing, it's nothing that two wins won't sort of take you from bottom to top. But I think the problem for the Knicks is they concede too many goals. They haven't had a clean sheet all season. Nah. Um, 18 goals they've conceded in 10 games, so they're just conceding way too many goals. So they'll have to score a couple, I think, to get up and over Sydney because it's likely that they will concede. But it's one that uh, should be evenly contested. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm with you on that point. I've, I've seen, uh, sorry, Chody, I've seen them a couple of times too. And even if they're 2-0 up with 10 to go, you're still thinking, ooh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, they have looked uh, leaky at the back. Um, I think in terms of the Sydney side, they... They are a side that can score goals. LaFondra is sort of their go-to guy. But they will be without the guy, Joseph Lolly, who's their other English import, who plays in the front third. He's out with suspension. So that's good news for the Knicks. Um, If they can get their sort of defensive side of their game sorted out, they could get some points and get on a run to get themselves into those playoff spots. Let me ask you, Chody, do you think Ufuk Talei has got his first 11 sorted for the Wellington Phoenix? Do you think he's got his top 11? Or are there any players you think... um, should be starting that maybe aren't getting a start? Well, I think he sort of had Moragas at fullback as sort of a stopgap. But Moragas played pretty well last time now. Um, so I'd say he comes into the in, in, into the sort of starting 11 or his best starting 11. Um, the fullbacks were the areas that he was sort of chopping and changing a bit. In the front third, he seems to be settled on his three imports, which doesn't give a spot to Costa Barbarousas, who'd be knocking on the door for a start, I suspect. Mm. Um, got, he'd got Zavada and ball up top. Um, Zavada missed a hat full of chances, but I suppose you've got to be there to miss them. So exactly. He'll go, yep, he'll go again with them. Kraev is the other sort of nailed on starter in the front third. Um, yeah, I think he's probably pretty close barring his fullbacks to settle on his, his best 11. Um, and, and it seems to me that uh, only at fullback has he got some question marks. Everywhere else, I think you could almost name the side pretty easily. Uh, on to another note, Chody. We've mentioned Ufuk Tale a, a bit today. What are you hearing? Have you got any inside oil whispers about the New Zealand coaching, the, the All Whites role? We know he's in the mix. Have, have you heard anything uh, about that? I understand. Yeah, I understand that they have had interviews. And I think um, he, he's been away and had his interview. Um, so he's done all he can do in terms of putting his name in the ring. We saw that um, 
um, that there were other candidates being mentioned. Some had fallen by the wayside. There's a couple of people in the mix that we don't know the names of, so mm. there'll be some potential for you know a left field signing. But I think Ufatale is a a good pick. Um, I mm. think he's a strong candidate. There's always been the question: Can they manage doing a Phoenix job and an All Whites job? Well, I think Ricky Herbert proved they can be done, um, and there is sort of uh, some benefit in, in terms of a, uh, a Wellington Phoenix coach having an eye on all of the players that are playing in the A League, and then he can search beyond that to the international sort of community for the rest of the players. So yeah, I like the idea of a shared role. To be honest, yeah, look, it definitely worked in the past, but I, you know, I still go back to the old question, Chody: What was wrong with Danny Hay? Yeah, well, there was clearly something wrong with Danny Hay and the board of New Zealand Football. So there was a, a disconnect there. So you do wonder what drove that disconnect. Um, and uh, there's been plenty, I think, written and spoken about a, about uh, a dysfunctional sort of relationship. Mm. Um, like most employment relationships, you do have to have a good relationship with your boss. And uh, maybe that's where it fell over. So whoever gets the job, they have to work uh, to rule, if you like. They've got to work to the... Uh, to the um, mantra of the association that runs them. Uh, we shall find out. Hey, Chody, as always, mate, thank you so much for your time today, pal. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and, and stay dry. Yeah, well, I'll be uh, watching sport wall to wall. That's uh, something you can do on a wet summer's day. <laughs> yeah, me too, pal. Me too. Thanks, Chody. Okay. See you. See you. There you go. David Choate uh, talking all things uh, football. It's currently uh, 16 minutes to midday. We will be back after this break. 10 minutes to midday here on the Saturday session. Dean Butler with you filling in for uh, Daniel McCarty and Grant Elliott. Producer Big Ben Francis is on the buttons. And why does it always rain on me? Sticking with the theme of today's uh, show as chosen by young Ben. And I love it, Ben. We're celebrating the rain, the water, the, the, the deluge which has come down upon us. If you've got a song with rain in the title, Please let us know. Uh, that is by Travis. I thought it was by Keen. Uh, ben did a quick Google. It is by uh, Travis. So keep those coming in. Double eight, double three. Um, we still had some more questions coming for, for Garth as well so yes a lot of people saying well done Garth well, good answers mate well done so excellent and of course David Choate was talking all things football uh, previously too after uh, midday we've got coach of the Northern Brave Graham Aldridge uh, will be joining us so if you've got any questions you want to ask you want me to ask Graham on your behalf please send those through double eight double three double eight double three on the temper bedpost text machine temper and bed posts a range of mattresses and adjustable bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort ben please i just had some uh, more news come through speaking of the rain and the theme being rain today of course well rain has once again hampered the auckland tuatara oh no so their game last night was called off and they <sighs> moved it to a double header today yeah uh, the Tuatara have said further rain mean there's no chance for the 3 p.m. game to go ahead. Ground crews will assess again at 1 p.m. for the chances of a 7 p.m. game. Oh, In all likelihood, we'll need the rain to stop for any chance to be baseball tonight. And it gets really tricky now because, as I said before, the Tuatara have lost out on a lot of money uh, because they haven't been able to play it. They've had so many Absolutely. games. So I think I think they played Sydney. They played Sydney here, and one game was very close to being finished. Mm. But they couldn't finish it, so they actually had to finish it in Sydney. So I don't know what would happen if the whole series gets rained off. They might have to split it, but then I think that would be the second series 
the Tuatara this year, which should have been played here, oh, which is which that would have happened man. to. So I feel like they I feel like they definitely can't catch a break at the moment. Yeah, that sucks. I um I suppose one of the benefits with with baseball and the Tuatara, they can play more than one game a day. They can play. T- can they play three games a day, Ben? Would that is that feasible or not? I uh, I would say unlikely because what what essentially with with the uh, the Tuatara games is mm. that all the Tuatara games that are played in New Zealand are only seven innings. Oh, not nine. Not nine. If they are in ah. Australia, they'll play nine. But mm. I think it's like a trial to like kind of see if they're going to move to that shorter format and potentially have a few more double headers in there. Because if you have the shorter formats, you can do the double headers. Yep. Uh, so I think that's kind of why they're, they're giving it a go. So who knows? I don't. I think three might be a bit excessive, but who yeah. knows? I, I think what will probably happen is I'll split the series, but it kind of really holds momentum for the Tuatara because up until last week they were doing pretty well. Have you been to any of the games there, any live games? Well, the problem is that, I yes, I've been meaning to, but it's because it's been raining. <laughs> of course. Because um, my, my partner likes a bit of baseball, so and I said, oh, we'll take you to a game, but it keeps raining. Why does it keep raining on me? Why does it always keep? Why does it always rain on me? That's right, Ben. It does. It does seem to rain a lot. But let's be and for because it's at North Harbour Stadium too, isn't it? That's the. So they do they not play any? Well, when, when the rugby kicks off, I suppose do they have to go any, or they try and get it all done before the rugby starts? Or well, they're playing it now, and there's not really any rugby. So mm. are, you, are you talking about from the back end of the NPC? Yeah, yeah, because that's going to uh... start soon. Your North Harbour. Well, I don't know how many of the the club North Harbour teams actually play mm. at the stadium. I think there's a field on the outside. I think, I think it's like, it's like a you know every every pretty much every region has a Maris club. Yeah, and I think that I think there's a Maris or it's East Coast Bays. It's one of the two. I think they play on on the outskirts of North Harbour, but they don't play in mm. North Harbour. Oh geez, okay. Well, we'll find out, Ben. We will find out. Keep your texts coming in double eight double three if you've got a song with. Um Rain in the title, any song with rain in the title. Also, as I said, after 12, we will be talking uh, with uh, the Northern Brave, the coach Graham Aldridge, the uh, reigning champion, Super Smash champions. Uh, they had a good one the other day. If you've got any questions you want me to ask, uh, Graham, please send them in. Please send them in. Uh, and as someone texted him before too, saying, yeah, nice one, Chody, good point. And I forgot to mention to Chody as well, the news that you had earlier, uh, being about Gianluca Vialli passing away, the former uh, Italy striker, of course, Chelsea player and manager. Um, was only uh, 58 years old. So yeah, that's a shame. I tell you, it's been a bad, bad week for Foot Palais as well. He passed away just the other. Jeez, bad, bad week. Um, yeah, what a legend. What an absolute legend Palais was. It's funny. You know, we always talk about goats and, you know, the Football World Cup. And, uh, you know, I'm a massive Messi fan, obviously. And I've seen tons of them uh, and I love them. But, you know, I've seen highlights of Palais. And when you see what he did back in the day, you can see why people say he's the GOAT. Three World Cups and the skill he had, I should have asked Chody this actually, the skill he had on some of the surfaces that they played on, uh, which were not carpets like today's like today's pitches. So you've got to say that as well. Plus also back in the day, uh, you know, there's a reason he didn't play in the 66 World Cup and he basically got, got mugged. Yeah, they, you know, they, there were no prisoners back then. Absolutely no prisoners. Just got a quick text and softball can have three games in a day. Tough, but it can be done. There you go, tough, but it can be done. Keep your texts coming in for songs with rain in the title too. We will be back after midday uh, with some more headlines and then an interview with Graham Aldridge. Saturday session, Dean Balafalin in for Graham... uh, 
Elliot and Daniel McCarty, producer Big Ben Francis on the buttons. Hate introduce, hate cutting through these. Good song, great song. November Rain is our theme today. Songs with rain in the title. If you've got any, please let us know. Double eight, double three. Heather's come in with London Rain. Uh, another one here. Yvonne said, how about Rainy Days and Mondays by the Carpenters? Or Fire and Rain. James Taylor, both cracking songs. Yvonne, thank you for that. And it's Raining Men by the Weather Girls. Yes, I think we had I think we had the Weather Girls earlier today. I think we kicked off. Yeah, <clears throat> Ben's nodding. We did have uh, the Weather Girls a little bit earlier. Are we doing our headlines now, Ben? And then, okay, if you've got any, I'll do the headlines. If you've got any questions uh, for uh, Graham Aldridge, uh, coach <clears throat> of the Northern Brave, please uh, text them in double eight double three. Okay, here are the uh, headlines for a uh, midday. Liverpool defender Virgil van Dijk will be out for more than a month with a hamstring injury as he suffers a fresh Injury blow manager Jurgen Klopp has said he got the injury in Liverpool's 3-1 defeat to Brentford and was subbed off at halftime. He'll be out for the upcoming FA Cup third round clash with Wolves, uh, which is uh, tonight our time, and then head of Premier League fixtures against Brighton, Chelsea and Wolves. So there you go, Liverpool fans. More, well, bad news, I would say. Uh, In cricket, of course, uh, as we've heard, Pakistan, if you've just joined us, Pakistan clung on for a thrilling draw on the final day of the second test against the Black Caps to ensure the two-match series ended nil. All, all three results were possible going into the final hour. That's fantastic. But a flurry of wickets saw the Black Caps push for the win amid increasing gloom in Karachi. Uh, they only needed one more wicket when bad light, bad light stop play. Pakistan 304 for 9, 15 runs short of their target. Safaraz Ahmed was the pick of the batters with... 118, while Michael Bracewell took 4 for 75 with the ball. Great stuff from Michael Bracewell. And in uh, yachting news, a yacht abandoned by a crew when it sustained heavy damage during a dramatic incident during the Sydney to Hobart race has washed ashore on a remote Tasmanian beach. After breaking a rudder, the crew of Huntress survived the nightmare incident before being rescued, but now concerns have been raised about the 12-metre cruiser being parked on the sand at Christmas Beach on Cape Barren Island. Aboriginal Land Council of Tasmania manager Rebecca Digney said there are fears the yacht may break up due to its isolated location, which is only accessible by foot or boat. There you go. There are your headlines for this hour. I love how you got your headlines there, Ben, because we don't really have a news service on the Saturday. So <clears throat> Ben has come up with the idea of the headlines, which, which I like, Ben. It's a very good idea. <clears throat> you've, done, you've done very well. Uh, keep your texts coming in, double eight, double three as well. If you've got any questions uh, for the coach of the Northern Brave, Graham Aldridge, who is actually, oh, he's on the line. He's joining us now. Graham, good afternoon to you, mate. How are you? Hi, Dean. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, hey, listen, let's kick off um, with the first piece of news. And did you stay up last night to watch the end of the Black Caps versus Pakistan? Uh, no, I haven't been staying up. A bit late, um, but I, I definitely wake up and watch the highlights package first thing each morning. Yeah, look, me me too, mate. I got to 20 past 11 last night, and that's a late night for Dino. And I thought, oh, no, can I do it? I couldn't do it. And... I, I'll be honest, when I heard it was called off for bad light, what what was your initial feeling when you heard that, Graham? What, you know, what, and Ben has asked me this as well. Do you think it was more likely, if had it carried on, that we would have won or that the Pakistanis would have got there? Uh, well, from the highlights, obviously we had, it looked like we had about nine men around the bat and mm. like, um, the Nassim Shah was swinging, so it could have gone either way. Um <laughs> 
think I think in the end, if it did go, you know, another say if they got five, six more runs, then uh, Saudi might have had to reassess the field set. This definitely, but. Um, I'd say we're in the box seat, definitely. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought we, and he apparently he just the new ball. We the new ball had been taken as well. It wasn't that old. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be the way with the definitely the spinners. They they tend to be taking wickets early, earlier rather than later. I think I'd imagine the ball's getting quite soft, and um, you know it's still turning, but it's a little bit slower turn with the older ball. So um, obviously, Sodi. You know, and the highlights package anyway look really dangerous and Bracewell and um, Ajaz. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, let's go bring it back to the Super Smash then, uh, Graham. Of course, you had I had um, Peter Young husband on the other day from the Firebirds, and they were just about to play you guys, and you guys had a good win in that game. Talk us through that one. What was it like? Uh, that was good. Um, base, the Basin Reserve is always a tough place. Um, for, for Northern Districts over the years. We've, we haven't won many games there, so we always um, enjoy beating them down there. Um, but the pitch was a little bit, you know, there's a bit of turn and, um, you know, the seamers, you know, there's a little bit of tennis ball-y bounce. It wasn't easy. Mm. So, um, nah, we were, myself and Sri Ram, my um, assistant coach, were pretty nervous at half-time. We're, <laughs> we're um, we Joe Carter out with COVID and, then um, Scott Kugelone had to leave just for sickness. He couldn't play. So we were, I guess, in theory, a batter short as well. Um, but uh, I think the the main innings for us was Cartney Clark up the top. He, he generated a strike rate for us. Um, the, the run rate was never an issue. It was just ma- us managing managing the innings through. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too when you look at the squads and the teams you've just mentioned, players who were, um, you know, ill or not available. You're the same as many, like like when speaking to Peter the other day, you know, he's got a lot of players overseas. Your team has obviously got quite a few players over there as well. You know, Neil Wagner, uh, Tim Saldi, Kane Williamson, all uh, unavailable. How do you uh, cope for that depth? Is it is it just basically a next man up strategy? Yeah, and I think um, obviously over the last, you know, a decent period we've had, you know, a number of black caps um, pretty consistently with the likes of Bolt, Saudi, Williamson, um, you know, of, of the like. So it's pretty much us, um, you know, if they're there, it's a bonus. We, we don't actually plan to have them at all. Mm. Uh, in terms of when we, you know, you sit down through the winter and put some squads together, we just sort of plan that they're not going to be there. And then if they are there, that's the bonus that we have with them. Yeah, I suppose you got to look at it like that, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, also, <coughs> sorry, Graham, uh, like many uh, sporting teams around the country, you've also been affected by the rain. Your game yesterday was, has it been postponed or cancelled? Or how does it work and how's it going to affect the, the schedule for the Super Smash? Uh, no, that one just gets cancelled, so we just get two points each. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we haven't been too bad. We, we had a one-day postponed um, early in the season because of the outfielder up in Auckland. Um, so we replayed that. In terms of just on the day weather, you know, they just get cancelled and so the schedule stays the same. Um, it's, it's a little bit of luck of the draw and in a, I guess in a 10-game 10, 10 competition, luck, like the luck of that sort of stuff comes into it at the end. Yeah, absolutely. And let me ask you this too. Over this sort of Christmas, New Year period, how does it... 
affect you and your players? Like when most other people are, you know, eating too much, drinking too much, etc. How do you how do you keep a a, 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 a rein on some, on your players and that? What is the general rule of thumb? Is it just you know be disciplined over this period and and not be too indulgent, or how do you work it? No, it's just a, a bit of a trust system, but you you get to know which players you might have an extra word to them which ones are mine really so, um, <laughs> just about yeah just about knowing who your players are and uh, we I mean we were in Queenstown on the 28th and then New Year's Eve in New Plymouth um, so it's just, it is what it is really they're adults you can't you can't look after them the whole 24 hours a day but they're, they're, they're there's a pretty good understanding that what their job is for that period as well and most of them have done it for a few years now yeah, yeah, no, good stuff, good stuff. And you are, of course, the reigning champions. So you're starting to get some uh, form back on. Where's the next game for you guys now? We play in Christchurch on Friday. Um, so we're, we're aware in the table and uh, then looking at where Canterbury at the table will be nice for us to beat them. Um, the one advance our case, but the two for the second part, to, you know, they're at the bottom at the moment. So to keep them down the bottom would be advantageous for us looking ahead you know semi-final fun too they can be a dangerous team so um, but a bit of a, a double hit hopefully for us on Friday night down at Hagley yeah, because looking at the table, it's very tight. You know, Firebirds 12, Stags 12, you guys on 10, Volts on 8, Aces on 6, Kings on 4. It only needs one or two results to go the other way, and suddenly that table is a logjam. Yeah, I think everyone would just keep beating each other too. I, I can't, can't see one team streaking away, um, which is what we managed to do last year. Um, so I think everyone's going to beat each other. And we'll, you know, the run rate's going to be important, so managing... Managing losses if you can and be important too. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, Graham, just want to say, mate, thank you so much for your your time today, pal. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and like I said to everyone else, stay dry. Brilliant. Thanks, You're welcome. There you go, Graham Aldridge, coach of the Northern Brave, had their game cancelled yesterday. And, uh, yeah, good win over the Firebirds as well. Next game is next week in uh, Christchurch. We're going to take a break. We will be back after that. 16 past 12 here on the Saturday session. Dean Butler with you here until 1 o'clock. Producer Big Ben Francis on the buttons. Singing in the rain. Singing and dancing. In the rain. Uh, that's our theme today. Songs with rain in the title. Great selection from Ben. Much appreciated. We're taking a... Uh, we're gripping this weather storm we're currently in the midst of and we're having a go right back at it so thank you for that Ben so keep them coming and text double eight double three if you've got any uh, songs with rain in the title and we'll see if we can get them uh, played uh, Ben been a lot of talk today about the cricket of course last night um, the game was drawn um, three you know Pakistan needed 15 runs we needed one wicket three overs to go and then the umpires said nope that's a done bad light has stopped play Ben I do believe we've got the uh, aftermatch presser from the captain of the Kiwis Tim Southey got ourselves in, in positions throughout the game but that's test cricket things can change Throughout, and I think the way that Safraz played, um, he was busy. He uh, he played a great great knock that probably just drew that out a little bit, a little bit too long for us in the end. But um, but to have a have an opportunity late in the day, um, had numbers 10, 11 in a, into bat, and um, yeah, it's an exciting finish to what's been 10 days of, of toil on uh, on out here on this pitch. 
Tim, uh, do you think now ICC must make some rules to avoid the negative tactics? Uh, because uh, the teams use negative tactics to kill the time. Uh, if uh, team, uh, if your opponent did not uh, uh, did not uh, do the negative tactics, then can be it uh, match resultful? What do you think? Um, it's always a tough one. We always knew as well this time of year here with the light. It's always going to be hard. The extra, um, the the later lunch, and obviously this this time of day, it's uh, yeah, it gets darker a bit quicker. But yeah, I think it's it's tactics within the game that 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 sides can use at various situations they're in. Uh, Tim, definitely uh, in 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 the in the uh, last few minutes, uh, every, all three were possible. Of course, Pakistan was uh, I think two three hit away from the victory. You were uh, from the one wicket. What uh, what was what what would have been your plan if you are uh, chasing that target? And of course, uh, Safraz played superbly, but at that time when So Shaquille and Safraz was playing, so one of them was a bit slow. So do you think that uh, if you were there in the last moment the for 30, 40, then you go for the win? Yeah, I think you play to win and you play to, to, to win test, test matches. So, um, yeah, Safraz was, was outstanding. Uh, like I say, not only today, but throughout the whole series, he came out, he played positive cricket, played busy cricket. And, um, yeah, like I say, for someone who hasn't played for four years, um, credit to him. Um, and, yeah, you, you toil away for such a long period of time and you come down to one, one ball. Um, it's exciting, Nassim Shah coming out and playing the way that he wanted to play. He obviously wanted to win as well. So... Um, yeah, I think it was a, a great finish to what's been been pretty tough uh, tough going over the last last ten days in the two matches here. Hi Tim, this is Bairam Kazi from Grassfields Cricket. So yesterday, when you declared with 319 set for Pakistan to chase and 90 something overs for you to bowl, what was the thought process back then? How many overs were you looking towards? Uh, having Pakistan bat for, and also today uh, you waited four overs till you took the new ball. What was the science behind that? Um, yeah, we felt that the surface was, was still a, a pretty good surface if you if you wanted to just bat um, tough if you wanted to score runs. So it was kind of a bit of a balancing act to try and get the right amount of overs left and the, amount, the right amount of runs. Um, and I guess to have that little dip of them last night and get them two down, that was a, a great start. Um, but yeah, I think with the not taking the new ball later in the day, we found with the two batsmen still in and, and um, Safraz and Salman that uh, that runs could have come quickly. And I think that's a build-up of the way that Safraz played through the day, which delayed us taking the new ball. If um, he didn't play as positive as he did throughout the day, then we would have been able to take the new ball because we would have had a lot more runs runs to play with. So um, yeah, it was it was a bit of a again a bit of a balancing act. If you take the new ball, then um, it may come on a bit easier and. And it comes off the bat a little bit easier, so we're just trying to manage if we could have got through that partnership, which we did. Um, we were able to, to take that new ball, and, and we got another couple. So, yeah, it's, it's a fine line, um, and you go on um, yeah, a bit of a gut feel, what you think's right at the time, along with uh, other leaders in the group. Uh, Tim, very, was, uh, very first time you're leading uh, New Zealand. Uh, although series is gone, but uh, is it a good uh, learning experience, especially in this uh, subcontinent as a leader? Yeah, it's a tough place to come anywhere you play in the subcontinent from New Zealand, and I think um, we got ourselves in a position to win win um, both the both the test matches. So, yeah, it's uh, test cricket. It's not not easy, um, but yeah, I'm sure it's not only a great learning for me, but the whole side um, to experience a, a place that we haven't played test cricket before. And um, yeah, it's a, just a great great experience, and I'm sure the guys, as they do, will continue to grow and continue to learn as, as players. Yeah, last 
Tim, uh, with so many uh, results-oriented test matches around the world, you think these two test matches are good advert for test cricket? Um, I think the finish was great. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, pretty tough going there for for um on for majority of the two test matches so um yeah it's uh it's uh yeah it was results could have been possible in both games so um i guess that's all you're asking for is uh is, is trying to get trying to get results in test cricket yeah Tim. uh you guys were traveling the pakistan for a long time so overall how you see the uh, series and uh, what you say about the security measurements uh, during the uh, series and how you enjoy the hospitality over here thank you uh, it's been great. Um, we've really enjoyed our time here so far. Um, like I say, a place that a lot of the guys haven't been. Um, we've really enjoyed being welcomed um, very, very nicely, and, and the guys have enjoyed it. And we're looking forward to now, now the one day series, the one day series starting. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been been an enjoyable first trip to, to Pakistan. No doubt, uh, your team performance uh, very well, and your team played very well. But uh, you are satisfied whole performance of your team in two test matches? Uh, like I said earlier, it's you, you play to, to win test matches and we got ourselves in probably positions to win both of them. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was pretty tough going, but, um, but the guys tore it away and, and it was one, one ball away from um, a, a series victory. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, disappointing to walk away and I'm sure Pakistan are the same. You walk away, you tore it away for 10 days and, and, uh, and, a, and a drawn series. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of lot of good cricket played in, in and amongst those those ten days. Daniel, finish. Uh, Tim, in your first series as captain, you were forced into a couple of declarations which you had to time really sensitively to try and force a result. Um, I'm just wondering, that do you perhaps as a as a unit now look back on the series and wonder if with the bat you could be a bit more proactive so you have more time um, with for the bowlers to essentially take twenty wickets? <coughs> I guess you always look back and there's ways that you couldn't could improve and could get better with, with hindsight. But um, but that was a decision we made at the time. Um, the guys that were batting felt that it wasn't easy to just to go out and, and hit the ball. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those ones that you had to weigh up. Um, I think we, yeah, I think last night we, we declared we made the most of the three overs we had. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those decisions you make um, with discussions around how the batters are feeling, what the surface is doing and what you think is right at the time. Uh, Tim, uh, where do you rate this one of the uh, draw? Because that was the most exciting and one of the greatest uh, draw we have seen at the National Stadium. Where do you rate this draw? Um, don't have a rate draws, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's an exciting finish. I'm, I hope that uh, the people watching enjoyed the the end. The end there it was nice to see a few people through the gates at the end there and a, a bit of an atmosphere around. So um, yeah, it's nice to to win but I guess and uh, for the people watching hope it was exciting there you go that's uh, Tim Southey in the uh, post-match press conference talking um, about the drawn second test between the Black Caps and Pakistan and he mentioned there like I said I got to 20 past 11 last night and I, I, I pulled stumps I said oh, I, oh, no, I can't do it uh, wish I had stayed now because it sounded like it was pretty exciting but then bad light stopped uh, play the uh, Game was drawn, and Tim said then that some fans had come through because I did ask uh, Garth Galloway earlier why is there just seems to be no people there, and there's no real answer. Um, there's 15 million people in Karachi. Uh, it was free to get in um, to that test. The only people who were there were people doing um, ads, yeah, paid for by like Sensodyne or, or KFC. Um, 
Yeah, most bizarre. So if you're out there, if you're if you're a Pakistani uh, listener, uh, maybe you can maybe you've got a better connection than I have. Why were there no fans at that game? Because uh, yeah, it just seems ridiculous, especially in a country where cricket, you know, is is big. Um, yeah, that was incredibly uh, baffling. So if you've got any insight, please let us know. 0800-150-811 is the number to call if you want to have a chat about anything to do with that or anything um, at all, uh, actually. Or you can, of course, text double eight double three. We're looking for songs with rain in the title to celebrate the joyous rain we are currently having in New Zealand. Songs with rain in the title. Yeah, dragons come up a few times, that's for sure. Uh, Mark, hi guys. Mark, listen, in China? In China, Ben? Jeez. Well, well done to you, Mark. Good on you, mate. Uh, hope it's going well over there. I have no idea what the time is in China right now. Uh, he suggested a country song, Texas Rain. We'll see if we can find that one for you, Mark. Texas, China, Ben, how's, how good's that? How good's that? I think it's the first time is I, it? I've I've seen someone message through from listening in China. China, and of course, if you, if you if you are traveling around the world, you can listen to SENZ through the app. And if you listen through the app, there actually is the option to text through. Oh, like a free text. Yeah. So if you hit the thing, or that I think that's so that's how I think people do it from overseas is they do it through the app. Wow. And it's how they manage to text through to the uh, station. Pretty cool. I know. Man. I know there is a guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he usually tweets through and he listens in Japan. Really. He's a Kiwi guy that lives in Japan. Uh, and we've had we've had people from. But if you, there's quite a few people in Australia who listen yeah, in and Australia. call in and text, and quite a few. Uh, I, I, there's a couple of other places as well, which I, I just can't remember off the top. The, Remember from the tip of my tongue. Japan and China's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Global. Yeah, we're global. We're global. We're global. Uh, Mark wanted uh, Texas Rain. We'll see if we can find that for you, Mark. Anyway, we better take um, another break then, and we'll be back after that. 28 minutes to 1 o'clock here. The Rhythm of the Rain. Keep them coming, folks. Songs with rain in the title. Got a couple here from Craig. Uh, one from Craig. She talks to rainbows by the Ramones. Ooh, loving it. Uh, Purple Rain gets another couple of votes. Hi, guys. I like the Rain by Clint Black. Country music. Great show. Uh, I watched the end of the test, too. This is uh, Anthony. Very close. Some draws are still exciting. Got to agree with you, Anthony. Got to agree with you. If you want to add to that, 0800 is the number to call. Let's go to Dave is on the line. Dave, how you doing, mate? Not too bad. Look, raindrops. Uh, no, one for the movie, uh, raindrops. Keep oh, falling on my head. raindrops keep falling on my head. Yes. Now, what was the movie? Extra points, Dave. I'm just trying to think of the movie. Um, Come on. Paul uh, Newman was riding the bicycle uh, with the girl on the front. That's, that's right. Paul, Paul Newman was right. Yeah. yeah. From the, um, ah. yeah, the movie, yeah. yeah. Butch Cassidy um, and the Sundance Kid. Carry on. That's right. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Why didn't they put the golden arm boy like um, Kane Williamson? Bow, bow, he used to bowl a bit of spin. They could have, he could have tried Kane Williamson for a couple, couple overs. Nothing gained, nothing lost. Hey, why, that, why didn't? That's, why, that's, I couldn't understand it. Mm. Why didn't you? Former captain Kane Williams used to used to bowl a lot in Test matches. Look, it wouldn't. Well, nothing lost. They could have look Kane come and bowl bowl a couple of overs. He could have got, could have got, got a couple of wickets. You know, they've they've never seen Kane Williams bowl in Pakistan. I can't understand Salvi and and. Carl Jamison's got to be, be a must. He's he's tall. He's, yes, he's over six foot tall. And he get get bounce of any 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 wickets, and he's 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 got to be must in the Test series because he can bowl and he's 
He's got a lot of wickets. He's got the height to get the bounce out of any wickets. Absolutely, he's absolutely. Got... Dave, we're talking with Garth Galloway before. He said exactly the same as what you're saying. Cole Jamison's got to come back into the side. Uh, you've got to put him back in. He's a must, you know, really. Yeah. yeah and, you know, and look, Nichols didn't, he didn't do anything at all. And um, No. As you said, no, Phillips, yeah, back in. But... Uh, that, that, if you're talking to Congress, why didn't they use... Um, I like um, I like what you're saying there, uh, David, about Kane Williamson, because, yeah, nothing had been working. Um, yeah, mix it he, up. He should have, look, Southie should have come to look. Can you bowl a couple of overs? And they haven't didn't seen him. He used to bowl quite a bit of a couple of, in test cricket, you know. There's, maybe, oh, it's, he's a good, maybe it's got something to do with know. the elbow. Maybe it's something to do with could, that. Could, could, could be, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah our spinners didn't... Didn't 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 do uh, did great, you but um, did you stay up to the end, Dave? Did you watch the end? I stayed up to the end. I listened. I listened to the your good good commentary team yes. and that. Yeah, you know, you've got, you've good, got good commentators. Oh, they're good credited commentators. Aren't they they only cook it. Um, and mm. Coney's really really, really good. Um, he used to. Um, you probably remember the great uh, Brian Waddle. You yes, know, oh, Wads, absolutely. What's so? What's Wads doing these days, Matt? I'd say Wads would be enjoying retirement. I'd actually have no idea what Wads yeah, is doing. He always did. You do get um, um, Coney used to get um, used to um, talk to Brian Roller quite a bit. But, but yeah. Coney is really good. He's all your commentators are really knowledgeable at cricket, especially Coney. He knows his cricket mm. inside out. And but um, but I do hope um, that this um, it's can try try something. Look, they got but they're going to try and get the England out and. Um, just see way they have that bowl and, and don't let the England get away. It's going to be interesting, um, Dave, because we've obviously got a couple of one days coming up against Pakistan, then we've got uh, something uh, happening against India. But everyone really is yeah. looking forward to this England uh, game, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, that ought to be the test. Mm. Yeah, you've got, look, you've got to try and um, out... You have to outsmart Brent, Brent McCullum, you know, and... And he had some wins with his horses too. He's a horseman as well. <laughs> he did, yeah. He's doing particularly well. Oh, Baz, yeah. Isn't yeah. that bad? And did you know um, um, Richie Mong has got a, got a horse, Mong, uh, racing in Australia? The, Is that the, right? Uh, yeah, all back first five. Um, he, get, he gives 15% to, to charity and former all back coach. Uh, um, Steve Hansen. He's got a call. No, no, yeah, Nature Script, yeah. Yeah. won a few races back a couple yeah. of times. Look, but... Yeah, but um, Richie Mong has got a, a horse name, and, and they uh, were in a syndicate and just raced in Australia, and he gives fifteen percent away to charity. Ah, oh, that's so, that's cool. Do you, I, do, I like stuff like that. Boys, mm. When you're racing, boys, come on today, and that, and, and uh, that's um, yeah, about the, and and but they're not pretty good for the racing today, is it? Around the country. Oh, look, the weather's. Where whereabouts are you calling from, Dave? Where are you? I'm correct, correct at the home of um. Came of the um, Cracker Sales. Oh, the Karaka, yes, of course. The Karaka, Karaka Sales. Yeah. And I did. Um, I did a meet up uh, at the Karaka, uh, pavilion, the uh, security thing there. Was just was this thing waiting there, but but it was all right. And uh, it's quite a big place that there. Oh. You got the hotel. The yeah. hotel will do all right. The hotel nice. will be able to hotel will do all right there as well. But um, looking forward to the Cracker Sales coming yeah. up. I'll be glad when it LZ moves back moves back to back to LZ because yeah. It, I, I don't like Pukeko. I did it once, but I I'm not a fan of Pukeko. And I've, I've, I've even done work at Avondale because they all know me at Avondale. Yes. Because Avondale's it's a good. The jockeys like Avondale. It's a good track, mm. and, and 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 just the facilities, and and you've got 
birdcage. I can't understand. You do racing. Mm. There's no, 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 they only got trials. There's no, no racing that happened till, till, till April this year. That's just stupid. So you think Evandale, they maybe should have gone from Ellerslie to Avondale instead of Cookie? Avondale, yeah. Look, look, make use of Avondale. It's a good track. You've got the train station just down the road. You walk down the road just for facilities, and it's a good track. A lot of jockeys like coming to Avondale because it's, it's a good, really, it's a big roomy track, and it's, it's one of the oldest jockey clubs around, and it's really good, and the people are good. And it is big. Facility. And then the people, are, uh, I know almost the people, the officials there, they're pretty good to, people to, to work with. Yeah, yeah. Thing, but, uh, I wasn't even sure I, if it was I, still I, What active. I do is look after, I, I look after the horses when I come, when I come to the parade ring. With, um, oh, do you? Yeah, when the birch barrier thing, it's slide the thing back, they come at the parade ring, and, and the, on trials day, they, they come in and the, you can slide the thing, make sure the uh, horses don't get out and the, the jockeys go through and, and then the... The same on a race race day, and you get back to so many trials on that. But uh, I wasn't even. Yeah, I'll but, be honest, Dave. I didn't think uh, Avondale was even still functioning as a racetrack. It obviously still is, though. It still, still is. Yeah. Look, uh, it's a, a great. It can trace it way back, and it's, it's, a, it's a good track. And I can't understand how is you know why they don't work together and and um, use Avondale more. It's a yeah. It's a, the jockeys. Jockeys, I've talked to them, they really um, like the field. I know Nigel Tiley and quite mm-hmm. a bit, and Greg Cooksey. They like the track. It's a good, it's a big, roomy track. It is a, it is a big track. I've it, been there, and I've even played football uh, there at, El, at Avondale in the middle. Yeah, because yeah. so, they use it for other things like events and... Um, Windswept is the word uh, I'd on, use. On Sunday, mm. and, and the infield for rugby and and. Yeah, at least to the council and the, the end, but mm. uh, uh, in that way. But yeah, but uh, hey, Dave, you know, I'm gonna have to wrap you up, mate. We got. Ads I'll to let get you go. To. Yeah, no, they'll let your racing boys yeah, come in later but on. Thank so, you yeah, very yeah. much for your call. Much appreciated, mate. That's a good. Have a good day. You too. There you go, Dave, with his thoughts um, on the cricket. Made some very valid points. Why not, Kane Williamson? If you're trying to mix it up towards the end, you know, Daryl Mitchell got a bowl. Maybe it has something to do with the elbow. I like that. And I didn't know that. Uh, I thought Avondale had been closed down as a race because obviously it's still going. Um, so good stuff. And yeah, it's a, it's a big it's a big track, Manny. I played football there in the middle. Woohoo! Windy. Went there last year actually when they had races on. Oh, good. Yeah, I wonder. What, so I wonder what, like Dave said, why was that not considered instead of maybe Pookie? I think I think they've just uh, split it up, so they've kind of divided all the events that would have probably been Alzey between Avondale, Apukakoi, and then Tarapa oh, held right. the big one. So it's like just a random week. sort of you go there, you go there, you have this one here. Yeah, pretty much. All right, there you go. Anyway, it's time now. Ben. We got to get another out. right. We'll be back after that. Fourteen minutes to one o'clock. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Great song. Dave remembered it from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Indeed, classic scene. Classic scene. Uh, keep them coming. Well, you can keep them coming in. I don't know if we'll get to play them, but keep them coming in. Text double eight double three. Craig said, "Great show before." Thank you very much for that, uh, uh, Craig. I'm sure is uh, Daniel back next week. Do you know? Uh, ben for the for are the boys back on board? No, because I think essentially Daniel was available to be back, but he's been given a bit of time off because of the cricket. Have because a breather. We're doing the ODI series as well against Pakistan, so he's going to be on board Monday, oh, yeah. Wednesday, Friday for that. <laughs> That's right. That's so those next, games are still to come. Yeah. So next week, I believe uh, it's Mark Watson. The at what the 
uh, when they're back, who knows? Okay, okay. So that one's open, folks. Uh, anyway, here's a couple of headlines for you, Ben, which we did before, but some people may not have heard them. England have appointed former All Black Nick Evans as a tack coach on a short-term deal for the 2023 Six Nations Championship. What do you make of that one, Benny? Well, it's quite interesting, but I think sure it is. I think it's just part of the big overhaul for you know since Eddie Jones got the flick. Yeah. So I think I think most of the assistants have actually gone. I think Richard Cockrell, I think he's the only kind of main assistant that is he still stayed. there. I don't. It's quite interesting that's a short term deal. Maybe. Yeah, I don't buy that. Maybe Steve Borthwick is quite. I don't buy that Keen at to all. get him on board, but maybe there's just a bit of negotiating to do with Harlequins. Yeah. But I'm not sure. It's it's going to be very interesting to nah, see it what sounds, happens there. But it, who knows? It, it could be another. Look, it could be one of these things. We have another former All Black, another guy who was a part of New Zealand rugby comes back to bite us in the backside. You just never and know. Look, yeah, exactly. If they're going to have him for the Six Nations in 2023, I'm pretty sure they're going to have him for. A, Another event not long after that well, in 2023. Exactly. So that, it made the most logical sense. But who knows what the what the plan is for English rugby? Who knows what the plan is for lots of these teams heading into this year and post-World Cup as well? Yeah, no, absolutely right. Uh, another headline. This is the one, Benny, this is from your, your department. Michael Smith, of course, has become a household name after winning the World Darts Championship, highlighted by that insane nine data in the final. Benny, you love your darts. You watch that nine data. You're saying one of the best moments you've seen. On the dartboard, hundred percent. Yeah. you know, you, you try to think of some of the other great, great shots you've seen in darts, and you're not that just tops it. That tops it. That yeah. tops it. Has to top it. Under the, he's only the second ever player to hit one in a final. Of course, the guys can do it when the cameras aren't on. Of course, in their in their house, you know, yeah. they can do it. But just kind of do it under that pressure and that moment. But I think what made it as well was was the crowd, of course, and of course the commentary. So the the moment itself was fantastic, but the the other factors to do with it as well it really made it. Yeah, I think you're right. But this is this is another great part of it. He's known as the Bully Boy, Bully Boy Smith. He got under a million, just under a million bucks for winning the world title. But it's what he's planning to do with the money that is making the headlines. He's going to live up to his famous darts nickname by buying a bull. For his farmyard, which already consists of geese, chickens, swans, ducks, turkeys and dogs, he says, and I, I quote, it will be called Ferdinand from the film. It's a cartoon me and the kids like. <laughs> and it turns out he got the nickname because he spent his teens working as a cattle farmhand and tiptoeing through cow's muck. How good, Ben? It was quite funny How because good? a lot was made of him, especially in the back end of the tournament, because he, he says he doesn't really watch he doesn't really watch the darts when he's not when he's not playing. Yeah, and but he's watching he's watching really weird like British TV shows. You know, you know how in Britain you'll see advertised. I think they do like the is it Google Box and they, they've got they've got some bizarre. Shows like that, he just says, oh, "I just watch those," you know. Like the kind that's of, what he watches. The, the kind of weird shows that you kind of see on between like nine and midday. Hilarious. That's the shows he's into watching. Yeah, he just he just and people oh, find it hilarious. Lord. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Ben, this kind of leads us into we we mentioned great moments. You said before on the Saturday session, you normally have like a a legends. Yeah, so usually we do our, our sporting legend segment where we talk to a sporting legend. It could be about yes. a moment or their career. Correct. Uh, we had some on our Christmas show, so a uh, real one that springs to mind straight away was former All Blacks captain Stu Wilson. Oh, Stu is always great value. Where he, he talked about playing for the All Blacks and then going and playing for Wellington the next day. 
and, and, and the NPC fighting against Manawatu and rocking up to the office on Monday and the, <laughs> the office lady says, oh, hey, Stu, how are you? <laughs> You know, what did you get onto this weekend? You know, the moments like that. We had Kevin Campion. He talked about the 2002 Grand Final, Love and he it. said at halftime someone pulled this tape of like some great Warriors try, yeah, and to use it as motivation. He said he just got mad and just smashed the tape. Did he? You know, so there's, there's been some like hilarious moments, you know, like that. And then you've you've had we've had uh, people as well that have done some amazing things in their sport but we kind of just thought to quickly end the show we didn't of course we didn't have a sporting legend segment this week but we kind of thought what about sporting moments and we kind of thought in terms of you know is there a moment in New Zealand sport yourself that that kind of stood out to you because we because when we do the legend segment we try make it New Zealand focused absolutely so I was going to say it's a legendary moment for me being a, a league fan and a Warriors fan that try Michael Witt scored in the qualifying oh, against final. Melbourne, eh? Okay, it's Melbourne, yeah. 2008. That will always, for me, that that I can I can I just can shut my eyes and I can I can hear Peter Sterling, I can hear Rabs do the call, I can see it literally because the thing that stands out for me with that is literally before that try was scored, so the the the, war, the storm had kicked the ball and had gone dead. Yes. And Peter Sterling had said, that, you know, the Warriors have to get 80 metres to score here. I don't think they can do it. Of course not. It's against the Storm. And that was literally just, it was after, literally just as they took the tap on the 20 metre line. And then they go half the length of the field and score that try. It will, I can, like I said, I can shut my eyes and I can see it. And I was kind of curious to know, what is there a New Zealand sporting uh, moment look, for you? There is one for out? me too. And I'll, 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 but I'll just talk about that because everyone remembers Michael Witt. And it's like when he was dicking around when he got past the try line it's like just put the goddamn thing down he sort of stuffed around for a little while and then he put it down it was like ah oh, that was just fantastic and that of course changed the whole system because back then it was one versus eight yeah so one of my favourite moments in my media career so far was actually I got to interview Michael Witt oh really I did it during the, the first lockdown and I and it was so cool talking to him because that moment has always stood out and it's oh. like I get to talk to this guy about this really cool moment and he's probably sick of it you know he's done other stuff in his career but that's just iconic yeah absolutely look my one and I was thinking about it too. The one that stands out for me is the All Whites versus Bahrain. Like oh, Mark Paston, the penalty save. Just that moment. You, I I had mates down there and I was watching it on the TV and the you know, it's not often the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and that was one for me. It's like, oh man, we're going to the World Cup. Because of, of course it was of course they they scored the goal just before the break. Yes. So they went and then when they kind of considered that penalty, you kind of felt oh. Oh no, you no. Know, this is gonna gonna be it. And then yeah. So we actually we actually had Mark Paston on as well. Did oh, you? We we've had him on. Oh brilliant. We've we've had so many, it's really hard to keep up and you get to a stage where you've had so many, it's like, you know, how how do we do this a bit differently? Especially when some players their careers I'm not I'm not saying that's the ultimate thing, but they're kind of defined by moments. Like oh, you know, exactly. Michael Witt will always be remembered for that try. Exactly. Mark Paston will always be remembered for that save. Exactly. And you know, Mark Paston's done some great things. He played some time in Europe as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Great keeper. Yeah, that, it, it's, that's going to be the moment. I guess you could say it's a bit like a Shane Smeltz. He's going to be remembered for scoring that goal against Italy yep. in the World Cup. Winston yep. Reid, considering the legacy he's done, fast over here scoring against Slovakia yep. to draw will be that moment. But over in England, he'll be remembered for the scoring that last goal at uh, uh, Uptown Park. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And it's it's amazing how these things come about. Absolutely. Hey, Ben, I see we're running out of time. So before we finish this, I just want to say thank you to yourself, Big Ben, for all your help in producing this show. I want to say thanks to Garth Galloway, uh, David Choate, uh, Graham Aldridge for being guests. I want to thank you to the callers. Thank you very much for all the texting which has come in as well. It's been 
It's been a phenomenal day, uh, and thank you for the um, uh, comments as well. I'm not sure when I'll be back again, Ben. You know, part-time Pete, Freddie, Phil, and you know how it works around here. That You just get the text, and can you do it? And Yeah, boop, boop, boop. But anyway, folks, stay dry, and let's hope the rain stops at some stage and the sun comes out. We'll see you next time.